0: an onslaught on uh, over-the-counter cold medications, and they're very scarce in the stores right now. So uh, the one that works for me the best is uh, Mucinex. I don't know if you use Mucinex. I really Mucinex. love Mucinex, yeah. Mucinex. pretty good. I mean, I got to say, it kind of busted it up after I finally got a hold of some, but it took me two days of searching various stores to find any Mucinex on the shelf. And then when you get there, there's like one packet left and there's uh, three or four people descending on it. (laughs) It it looks like an NFL fumble, right? Where uh, you (laughs) keep digging at the bottom of the pile. No, no, the Colts got it. No, it looks like the Ravens.
1: Uh, Unbelievable. The time. Uh, Wake up with DeFo,
2: joined by Luby. Welcome to The DeFo Show.
0: Yeah, we made it. We made it to Friday, a degenerate Friday. Good to be with you here at the Defoe Show. Jeff DeForest, and uh, very handsome and uh, looking very tall, Mike Luby Lubitz. So I seem to be shrinking on these uh, sets, and I think I'm and you're getting taller. Are, are you sitting on a computer. phone book uh, <laughs> phone book, uh, or something? No? The old trick?
3: I'm, like, closer to the I, – I can move the screen like
0: up. oh okay really yeah it's just bad. the way the shot is set up that's okay you look good and, and, and it's good that you have a position of prominence here in the program because uh, certainly deserving i mean a great week uh mixed bag of people we had on the show it was a lot of fun this week between uh, yesterday with uh, the lovely and talented one uh, leslie Visser, who looked uh, dynamite by she the way wow
3: great. I give her.
0: how did she find a way to go into like throwback mode man <laughs> i mean where it looked like she just stepped on the sidelines for the first monday night football assignment unbelievable yeah, she, gorgeous no. Yeah, speaking that of people fantastic. she
3: worked with, did you
0: hear about Billy Packer? Billy Packer checked out, yeah, 82 yeah. years old, uh, kidney failure supposedly you know, was the uh, main uh, root of it, although I guess he was uh, suffering from a variety of but different things. Uh, yeah, I, I always liked Billy Packer. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was a Vitale fan, uh, much more so. I mean, Vitale, a lot of people think he became a caricature of himself, uh, which is kind of, uh, you know, a very clever way of saying that maybe the guy's act is getting old. I, I don't know that it ever did for me. I always liked Vital, Uh, Vitale and Al Bernstein will always, uh, you know, in the early days of ESPN will always hold a special place for me because, uh, I think they're two guys that made you really dig a sport that you otherwise might not have. If you were a boxing fan and you heard Al Bernstein in the early days, I, I don't think he does uh, as much now that he's on all of his Showtime broadcasts. And I love Al. Got to work with him many times. Couldn't be a sweeter, guy than uh, al bernstein to work with i mean just uh, a- always uh, very uh, accommodating in terms of uh, even if you were the new guy on the crew uh, welcomed you in uh, with open arms and uh, made you feel like a part of it right away which is a nice thing right when you're doing tv with shape up crowds uh, you know but the other guys have all been working together forever and uh, you're you're part of a you know a new infusion of talent into the uh, scene and maybe you replaced a guy that they were very fond of uh, who, uh, for whatever reason, uh, was now doing something else. Uh, but Bernstein was always great. Uh, the thing that, that, that really made him, I, I think, and, and really uh, made the sport uh, a lot more popular on ESPN when they had top ranked boxing is probably one of their only live, uh, events at the time. I mean, outside of like women's field hockey, remember that early days, ESPN? Were you, were you cognizant? I mean, this is, is. Uh, around the time that you were like, uh, barely even opening your eyes
3: there, Louis. I mean, it was established, it was around when I was growing up, but it wasn't this, it wasn't huge. Yeah. Like, no, no, you could have never envisioned
0: this from watching uh, Bobby Ches fights uh, from the uh, Totoa <laughs> skating rink every Thursday night. Uh, but uh, Bernstein, he he knew every little detail at the time, and, and he would relay this in, in, a, in a very, you know, I mean, it wasn't a, like it was a, an over imposing way where he was just like spewing out stuff that he knew that nobody cared about. But uh, he really gave you a sense of uh, even uh, the first guys in the four round preliminaries. Uh, what they were all about, you know, and uh, had, had a good idea about, uh, you know, what they needed to do to win fights. So uh, I, I thought he was very illuminating. And, and that's what, you know, I guess that's the key word, right? If you're looking for color analysis and you're going to pay a guy $20 million to do it, be illuminating, make it. So you, you know, you're watching their game or whatever, and you go, wow, that is brilliant. I, I didn't know that about this guy. And, uh, Vitale was like that for me. I mean, Vitale, his his, uh, unbridled enthusiasm for college basketball. I I don't know that college basketball was anywhere near as popular, especially during a regular season as it eventually became. And a lot of that was developed by ESPN when, uh, you know, they had nice cheap entertainment sources uh, because they didn't have to pay the players or anything like that. And uh, they were able to buy rights for next to nothing, college basketball. And uh, I thought Vitale really brought it to light. Uh, he did uh, exactly what you want. He kind of illuminated the game and made you feel, you know, even for some schlepp point guard that was averaging five points a game, that uh, he had a place and a meaning out there on the floor and that he would be of some significance. So uh, always liked Vital, But Billy Packer what was uh, thorough. Packer. Uh, he, he was not offensive. It wasn't like he was Jay Billis. And he was talking, he <laughs> was, if you knew nothing about <laughs> basketball, like you never lifted a basketball. And, you know, to to make basketball overwhelmingly Mayakian and complicated is, is as foolish as it is in football because basketball is an even simpler game. It's, uh, you know, how many plays are there in basketball, right? When you, when you really look at what's going on out there, right? Remember, I mean, I remember being in some youth leagues uh, when, uh, you know, I was like seven, eight years old. And the first thing they did was they ran a the weave up at the top of the key. But if you look at it, what are they doing now? They're, they're running a the weave at the top of the key. They're, they're still doing it. There aren't that many plays. There's a pick and roll. Uh, You can, uh, you know, uh, do some motion, uh, you know, try and uh, set some picks away from the ball, which for some reason, I don't know why, when you're playing recreational basketball, why don't people understand that concept? New York guys always do that, right? You throw the ball over here when you inbound it and immediately run over here and pick the guy. I was going to say, we pick the guy's man who's coming uh, towards the top of the key, right? And, And all of a sudden you've got a free shooter and now. You're able to extrapolate and do things off of that. Uh, all kinds of variations can happen, right? Uh, not like I'm Joe Valvano drawing up a play, but I mean, it doesn't <laughs> take a genius to figure out that if you get somebody out of sync in the defense, uh, you're you're going to have an advantage somewhere, and and then it's up to the team to uh, move the ball around and find it, uh, which is great. But uh, outside of that, I mean, how, how many plays are there, uh, Louis? I mean, isolation is that a play where uh, four guys go to one side of the court, the old Jordan isolation play? And, you know, you, you, uh, you know, have one guy just working, hopefully one on one, and he gets to the basket somehow, or I don't know. Rarely do you see a guy dish it off in those circumstances. Uh, not complicated, but, but Packer didn't make it complicated. Uh, he, he was sort of dry compared to Vital, but not complicated. So a very well respected guy, and that uh, was a big part of, uh, all of his uh, broadcasts uh, for the uh, final four. I, I would imagine, uh, LV probably has a soft spot in her heart there for Billy Packer, probably having worked with him a zillion times. On CBS Final Four coverage with uh, the great uh, Jim Nance who who uh, is here in footsteps. Yeah, I don't. Know. Boy, not well, just Iron Eagle gunning him down, but Noah Eagle might might replace yeah. him. Isn't well, I that think
3: Iron's taking him over taking over for his basketball because I saw Ian working with Raftery. Yes, he is. Day. So at least he's number one in college basketball. So you know what's next.
0: Well, and, and I believe this will be the last year that Nance does the uh, Final Four. And uh, does the uh, NCAA broadcast the Final Four? And I think after that, he's stepping away from that. He's just yeah. going to concentrate on golf. There's a 16-footer. Oh, and it slides right by the hole. <laughs> That'd be great to do
3: golf. Eh? Gus Johnson doing golf would be great. Holy shit, he missed it!
0: <laughs> I, I think curse. Gus
3: would <laughs> really <Shake. just> like... <laughs> yeah, right.
0: That'd be good if they swore during golf broadcasts. Wait till it goes streaming on the live, uh, you know, tour. I guess they have a a television deal. Uh, Jim Sarny had mentioned to me that uh, they they have something with the CW. Is that right? The Live Tour? They
3: just got a TV deal, yes. Wow.
0: It's only a matter of time before El Tigre defects, right? Says, you know what? The Saudi money was just too much. How about that? Tiger, a man of principle. saying, uh, And and, uh, Rory McIlroy absolutely despises anybody that signed up for the Live Tour, including Patrick Reed. Did you see that little incident that they had going where uh, Reed, I guess, uh, had sued or uh, subpoenaed Rory McIlroy to uh, testify in his defamation of character case against Golf Channel and Brandon Chambly. All right. So, I mean, what what could Brandon Chambly have said about Patrick Reed? I, I mean, Brando. did he say he was an oddball? Would that Brando. be out of line? He was a bit of an uh, unusual character.
3: But the other players uh, on Mr. the Mama tour absolutely he, despised him. I What's he, that, Louis? Mama Lee? reached out to you. I love that she's looking at the text. He's talking, so it's hard for me to look at the text, Mr. Mama. but we love you. Uh, yeah. she did adore Billy Packer, and her first Final Four was in 1988 with Brent. Wow, that's a nice group. Brent Musburger and Billy Packer. Jesus, Mister.
0: Yeah, Packer. I mean, uh, he was easy to take. Right, seemed like he knew what he was talking about. He, he was, uh, uh, you know, a collegiate All-American, I believe, at uh, Wake Forest. Billy Packer. I'm pretty sure he played a high level of college basketball, and uh, it, it didn't look like he was, uh, you know, going to be uh, a- any kind of a force in college basketball. But back then, if you were like Six feet tall, you were a power forward. (laughs) (laughs) I lined up at center a couple of times in rec leagues. I mean, I wasn't even that tall. I was like 5'10 as a kid. It was unbelievable. All right. uh, Many things happening on the sporting scene. Good morning, everybody. We have a degenerate Friday. The Greek's going to join us here. He's got some selections. Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on in these two football games. I don't know that uh, we, we have any strong opinion on that yet. I am uh, believing that uh, Philadelphia, I I, I think Philadelphia will win over San Francisco. I just feel great
3: because Mayo's on Mayo. Everyone we've talked to has your exact opinion. So that makes me feel stronger, especially with Mayo. Mayo's in a horrendous
0: kiss of death uh, mode. Yes. Yeah,
3: he's in a really bad place right now. In fact,
0: I'm afraid I I think I have the winning pick five at Aqueduct today with a $21 (laughs) ticket, Uh, (laughs) although it's not going to be enormous unless I get a bomb in my all race. But uh, I'm afraid to sit near Mayo because, yes, uh, you know, yes, yes. it's been a human kiss at death. He, he's going to join us uh, later on on the program. Uh, did you see this thing he was at yesterday? Ooh. Kind of an interesting concept. Now, I, I don't know. Have you ever been in a club of any type, Luby? Any kind of a club? In high school. My favorite, I, yeah. I oh, yeah? What kind of club?
3: Because we had to have it for our for Were college. you in the botany society or we something? We never did what? anything. Me and I, it was like the... I don't want to use the word hood. It was the urban club, and we never urban club. N- went. Me and my buddies never did any of the events. So.
0: Little uh, white Jewish guy in the urban club. Uh, that, that sounds incongruous to me. I, I don't know. What do you in, think? Yeah, okay. me
3: and my friends. I it, it was very multicultural. My dad called us the United Nations. So, um, yeah, I wasn't a club guy. Shirley was. Oh, if you Shirley was in like twelve things. She was like the president. Uh, she was oh yeah like could 12 see 12 different yeah. things yeah, i never did that, that yeah, was not big on
0: achievement life. uh which yes. uh, you know She's wasn't necessarily my bag <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then she married me
0: <laughs> 72 years later it's still the same thing yep, yep, amazing yep, 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 yep. Um, well, my favorite club of all time, ever to be referenced, was the He-Man Woman Man Haters, Haters Club. Yes. you remember that? The He-Man yes. Woman Haters Club. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, that was what, from uh, our gang? Ron DeSantis uh, and
3: Donald Trump would be the president and the vice president of the yes. He-Man Santa's Woman and Haters Club. Yes, <laughs> He-Man
0: Woman Haters Club. I think they've resurrected it. They've done their best exactly, to uh, do that. Exactly. Anybody seen exactly. uh, Melania lately? What is she doing? That? Exactly. Melania. exactly. She's still helping little kids with UNICEF uh, you know, efforts. So what's going on with Melania? Talk about a disappearing act, man. Martha Mitchell would be easier to find than Melania these days. Oh my God. <laughs> and they just got to made sure that she got out of the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, the the Red Meat Eaters Club, I guess it is, that uh, yes. Mayo was uh, being entertained by last night. And I, I have to say, I, they do a great job. That the fusion of their events and sports uh, is fantastic in the Delray area. Now, the pictures were spectacular. They had uh, amateur boxing going on at the Deerfield or Delray Boxing Club. And then, wow, did you see that? That that looked like it was better than even, I, I hate to say it, but uh, any food festival that, that we've seen. That was I, I know the uh, Fort Lauderdale, uh, you know, uh, food festival was, was great, wine and food festival, and everybody loved it. But, uh, wow, that, that looked spectacular yesterday, didn't it? Yep. Uh, the stuff that uh, Mayo was sampling. Now, I can't imagine... Does he bring a tape measure with him and like measure? <laughs> I
3: wouldn't doubt it.
0: <laughs> when are you over the limit there? You know, when the the waist reaches what forty two, fifty? I don't know what. Uh, I don't think he's that big yet, but uh, we gotta get him on the right path. I mean, uh, fifty six he is now. He, he's gotta you know start to channel it a little bit and say, hey, I can't just do the walk of life once every other every other leap here. It's gotta be like every day. <laughs> I'm out there on a broken toe, stumbling around there. Not that I'm any hero, but uh, you know, I I I don't feel right unless I do this stuff. Six weeks off the path, there. I mean, I, I'm I'm back on it now, and you know, sort of staggering around a little bit. And, and you know, you see people and go, "Hey, where you been? I thought you died," because they figure if you're not on the path uh, doing the walk, and you're one of those daily walkers, that you probably checked out. Oh, jeez, because you were doing this to fight like some kind of major health concern. And uh, you know, I, I would have to think that uh, overall. I mean, even though Jim Fix checked out at a pretty young age, right? And what was he doing? He was gargling with grape nuts and, and jogging all day. So, I, you know, sometimes there's just no way to beat it. I mean, if your number's up, it's up. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people thought that I had died. I, I'm passing people. They were, they were, like, congratulating me on being alive after six weeks off the path. <laughs> oh, Same schmanks every day, man. Same schmanks every day. Just up and back, up and back, up and back. That's how you stay alive, Libby. We're gonna get Mayo on the uh, on the uh, circuit there, but well, whatever he was eating last night, it looks spectacular. I don't know how they're gonna to top that today at Gulfstream Park, but they probably will find a way. Joe that, mess yeah, him. the Red Meat Eaters Club, they had a great event. I, I hope they do it again at the uh, Delray Tennis Center, and that tournament is uh, what sometime in February, uh, and it was a lot of fun because I mean you're not seeing the top top tier players, but uh, I think we saw Manorino. And, uh, who's the guy? Uh, geez, uh, he, he's got uh, a Japanese name, but he's American. And, uh, Nakashima, Tommy Nakashima. Oh, nice. Brandon, Brandon Nakashima is the guy's name. And, and, and he sort of made a little ascent last year, but that, that's the caliber of player that you're seeing a, at this tournament. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, the winner, who, who's the tall guy that everybody hates? The American guy. He, he wasn't in the Australian Open. Got a beard. He's like 6'8. I, I, he's a giant. I mean, uh, you know, and, and what a monster serve, as you would imagine, usually wins, uh, you know, just based on that goes to a lot of tiebreakers like Isner. Um I was say, uh, Isner and is he, he, like he was, it. I think he ran, I think he was a runner up there. Might might have even, uh, did Casper Rude uh, play in that uh, tournament? I mean, this guy really made the set. That's possible. Casper oh, Rude might've been out there. Anyway, it's a good tournament and uh, they had a nice event. They had tremendous food, uh, you know, in conjunction with it. They had like a, a meatball contest, and, you know, five, six entries uh, from the local area there. And it, it was fantastic. So, uh, we'll talk to Mayo uh, later on about that, uh, cause, uh, they, they do a good job of merging sports yep. and, uh, and food and, and having, you know, all raising money for uh, very worthwhile causes. I yep. think it's like a lot of pet rescue stuff. Uh, you know, you could even adopt a pet at the, it was, it was good. Very well run. So, and I supposedly the guy had a Mayo story for me, which,
3: <laughs> oh it's Dixie. <Dickstein. laughs> oh it wasn't
0: Dixie. Oh, okay, uh, this okay. was uh Dickstein another guy. Ball, I believe his name is. <laughs> All right, uh at the Australian Open, uh Pass, he got through uh nice. pretty easily. Uh he played uh Kachanov, I guess is the guy's name, the uh, Russian guy who uh Kachanov. I I think is how you pronounce it uh pre- pretty much dispatched of him uh in, in fairly easy fashion it took four sets he, he lost a tiebreaker after being up in the third set uh stefano's Titi, uh pass who I, I was gonna bet that these are two bets i didn't make luby i'd be in a pretty good position if i had made them. i i think Cici pass was at least 12 to 1 might have been higher to win a tournament you, you may have been get, getting as much as 20 to 1 on Absolutely. uh stefano's tt pass at the Australian Open, which uh, is unusual because he was a number three seed. But but Joker was odds-on to win it, Novak Djokovic. And uh, in all likelihood, will win it. So uh, the play would have been, uh, you know, play a 100 on CT pass and then another 100 on Joker. And you'd be in a locked situation here. You're either going to get your money back or you're going to win 2,000. That, that that would have been pretty nice if you are getting them at 20 to 1. Not sure the odds were that high, so don't take my word for it. But, you know, it's really difficult to look up. What odds were, Luby? Right. I mean, you could Google what it all day shit? and it's very hard to find like Is like what were the odds going play? into yeah. the tournament if we could find that. Uh, but I think T. Pass uh, was double digits at least and largely based on the fact that uh, nobody uh, supposedly was going to be Djokovic. And and that looks like it's going to be the case because he dispatched of Tommy Paul, the American who was uh, left standing there in the semifinals, uh, who had beaten uh, Ben Shelton, who uh, ran a real good showing out of the University of Florida in the tournament. And, uh, Paul looked like he was really on his game. So to be decimated like that, I, I don't know. I didn't see all of the match because it was on at 3.30 in the morning. I caught a few pieces of it, uh, you know, waking up going, Oh shit, what time is it? And, uh, you know, and I, naturally, I, I tuned in for a little while, but, uh, it was no contest. Straight sense and, uh, right out the door there with, uh, Djokovic. So Djokovic would be a heavy favorite. Uh, he's 10 and two against TC Pass to win. Uh, he'll be a heavy favorite to win the championship, obviously, as he was uh, going in. Uh ten and two, and uh, they met in one other final in a Grand Slam, 2019 French Open. Uh, Djokovic was down two sets to nothing, and this has been a, a problem for Tsitsipas. Uh, he, he's been in situations where he was ready to make a breakthrough, up two nothing over Djokovic in the French Open, and eventually lost the match in five sets. So uh, he's yet to win a Grand Slam, and people have been sitting on him for a while, and uh, we'll see if he can do it. But looks like a very, very tall assignment. Now, now on a women's side. I was going to bet Sabalenka to win it because I I thought she was also due for a breakthrough, and she had shown shown signs of life. I mean, her her enigma had been uh, an excessive amount of double faults. Her serve was scattered all over the place. Obviously, she's double faulting a lot. She's not getting a lot of first serves in, and her second serve was all over the place. You talk about erratic. I mean, it was watching Tim Wakefield when he was off his game, and the knuckler was going all over the place. It's like, where's this thing going? Uh, but, but a power game, I mean, an immense power game. I, I was amazed. What was it? Two years ago when, uh, Raducanu and Layla Fernandez, uh, squared off in the final of the U S open, uh, the two uh, young teenagers. That was two years ago. Wasn't it Louie? Not last year. Yes. Yeah. It was last uh, year. Yeah. Two years ago. And, and Sabalenka had, I mean, was going up against one of those two who were like 16 years old at the time. And, uh, you know, here she was, a. Uh, an accomplished power player. And you thought, wow, if ever there was a setup here for her to win a Grand Slam, that was it. And uh, she couldn't do it. And, and then last year, she really was staggering around with uh, the lousy serve. Uh, but, uh, you know, a, a, an interesting power player to watch. And uh, Rabakana, who uh, came to a light when, when she came out of nowhere and won Wimbledon last year, uh, now has a chance to win two out of three Grand Slams. And I, I think, I don't know, just on steadiness. Might be a slight favorite over Sabalenka, no? To uh win that thing? You're not you're not a big tennis fan, so not this not what anymore. you mean. I used you. to be. It's
3: so funny. You're naming all these people. I don't know any of the name. I know because of you, but, like, yeah, it's so weird how far it's come from my consciousness as a sports fan. Like, I was such a huge tennis and baseball fan, and I don't care about either now. It's so weird. Like, they're the same sports, sort of, but.
0: Anytime, too, a white head coach gets hired, uh, somebody's going to be screaming racism. <laughs> they're screaming racism in Carolina. Right, the coach. Uh, I mean, I uh, lawyer, uh, I guess, he represents Steve Wilkes, who uh, was the interim coach, of Carolina Panthers, yeah, uh, took job. over uh, after they fired Rule, and uh, he was six and six. The players, uh, you know, apparently loved him. Uh, Carolina, you know, even uh, they're in a lousy division, so they moved back into contention. Even though they were having a, a crap no, season, they traded
3: away McCaffrey mid-season. Their only talent, yeah, and yeah, kept being decent. Like they weren't horrendous, right?
0: What was wrong with six and six? I mean, if you look at the Dolphins' last six games, what were they? One and five. Yep. And we're thinking they had a great season, and we're applauding uh, Mike McDaniel as a first-year head coach. This guy takes over uh, obviously under difficult That's circumstances. Awesome. I mean, comes in for a guy that already had a system that was failing in place, Yep. and uh, you know, had uh, you know, not necessarily gotten the most out of his players. Matt Rule, who had been there for a while and was a genius college coach, immediately got hired on the college scene again uh, and uh, did a good job and uh, literally no consideration, right? Now, now Frank Reich is an accomplished coach and, you know, a guy that's been around football forever, orchestrated that marvelous comeback uh, many years ago against the Hurricanes in a game that I left at halftime uh, when he uh, brought, uh, what was that, Maryland back? Yes. With like five touchdowns in the second uh, half, and uh, Jimmy was left uh, just spanked and disgraced. (laughs) and once again my buddy Mike Fernandez and I had the distinction of leaving one of the greatest comebacks in the history of sport at halftime <laughs> thinking "As ah, things over like everybody else did unbelievable but uh you know I had a credible record uh, with Indianapolis uh, Indianapolis uh, didn't look like they were any great shake this year they have quarterback problems obviously uh Frank Reich uh you know I was off to a crummy start this year but uh, you know not that he's undeserving of getting another head coaching job it's just uh you know, what, what's the point of having this Rooney rule in place? Uh, you know, the uh, diversity and all of that in professional sports still is, uh, you know, at a horribly anemic ratio.
3: Did they including even interview what, black guys? Like, do we know if they interviewed? Yeah, them? I, I think they did. Yeah, they had oh, they, to, right? They did their obligatory.
0: <laughs> they went to the grave of Gene Upshaw. Yeah,
3: it's just annoying that they, look. If but, I Gino, having, you want the job? Oh, no? Okay. Rest like, in peace. The, the floor, floor was wrong because he actually got jobs and yeah. he's being considered again. So, he's actually the wrong person. It's like Kaepernick being the face of the movement when he doesn't even vote. Like, you can't, it's a a little oxymoronic. So, like, Flores actually is an African American slash Latin guy that gets jobs. So, you can't really have him be the face. However, he wasn't wrong. Like, it is, like, I feel.
0: It kind of smacks of being a joke. I mean, when you have a guy that's already, uh, you know, coaching there. I mean, would it be worth giving him? I mean, are are you that much better off uh, getting rid of that guy who seemed to have the team performing a, a, at a much higher level than that would have been anticipated? Like you said, they traded away McCaffrey, for God's sake. Their whole offense. The whole team. <laughs> yeah. And they have no quarterback, right? Aren't they quarterback by like Marcus Mariona? Is that the uh, no, that's Carolina the
3: Falcons? It was Darnold and. Yeah, it was. Because Dar- they, they got rid of Mayfield. They got rid of it, yeah, everybody, right? So it was like Darnold. People forgot Darnold's even in the league still. So.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know. So, uh, I don't yeah, I mean, I, that was, uh, you know, that was another one that raised some eyebrows, but uh, no comment from Roger Goodell. Look, look, you can't tell somebody who to hire. And, and if it's just based on a single individual basis, if you you don't take the whole ugly picture that uh, there's a scarcity of of blackhead coaches in the league and has been for a long, long time. All right. Uh, is Carolina out of their minds by hiring Frank Reich? No.
4: No, he was solid.
0: Yeah. Should they have given this guy a better consideration since he was already in their organization? You would like to see that, no? Especially since, uh, you know, they're supposedly on this mission to promote diversity among coaches. There's one black general manager in baseball. He just got hired. Uh, a guy named, uh, I think his name is Dana Brown. I mean, so, so I mean, it's amazing how, how short all of these pro entities are when it comes to, uh, you know, addressing a problem that they say that they've been addressing and, and pretend you know they they pay token homage to the idea that they're really behind this whole thing of you know uh, trying to bring about some level of equality or parity and you know in terms of percentages of black head coaches and executives but uh, you know by comparison to players which uh, what i mean is it not a little bit out of whack that all of these uh, young black players want to be led by uh, stodgy old white men <laughs> it's it's crazy the joke yeah all right, uh, touchy subject that I don't think will ever be corrected in my lifetime. I mean, oh, uh, it's just uh, not going in that direction. Uh, big game in the NBA last night was the uh, Knicks over Boston in overtime.
3: Yes, look at those Knicks.
0: Knicks come back from 15 down. Uh, Julius Randle was, uh, you know, being panned earlier in the season. but He's uh, had a series of monster games lately, including uh, that last night. And, and Mahomes, uh, I mean, what is he doing? He's playing hopscotch out
3: there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Jumping
0: rope. Jumping rope. Looks like Danny Little Red Lopez getting ready to fight uh, Salvador Sanchez. Jumping rope this way, that way. And you know, you're like, how, how can you do that, man? What kind of coordination is that? It's up the chart. You're not even known for your footwork. Oh, I mean, he's doing a river walk dance. He, he, he's doing everything.
3: He's doing the river dance.
0: He's doing a river dance with Andy Reid. Having a good time, chucking the rock around. Kansas City is now the favorite. Nobody knows what to do with this game, Louie. Everybody's mishugging about this uh, Bengals-Chiefs game. Nobody knows what to do.
3: I'm just standing, Pat. I I don't feel confident about either team, but I picked both these teams before the playoffs started. I'm just going to ride the wave, see what happens.
0: I like the fact that both of us are on the complete opposite side.
3: (laughs) At least for once. (laughs) The two of us are on the opposite (laughs) side of both games.
0: That's what I meant to say. Uh, Yeah, and... uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, for some reason, I, I envision Philadelphia really doing a little bit of a number on San Francisco. I, I think, I, you know, the, the, the stat that uh, the stat jumps out. Thing is real. Like, we were, we were talking with Brandon Lang yesterday. Now, you know what? They have 75 sacks on the season as a team. That's scary. And, uh, you know, it's not like they have, you know, I mean, even if you had one guy that had like 25 sacks, you still have to have many other people that are capable of putting a lick on a quarterback. And, uh, you know, they have five guys that have 10 sacks plus. Ten, ten or more sacks. Five up, different players.
3: You brought up something interesting about the Niners. For as good as the Niners' defense is, a lot of it's based yeah. around Nick Bosa getting pressure. So if Nick Bosa doesn't get pressure, they really don't get pressure. The Eagles, it doesn't matter. Like, they don't have to blitz, and all their guys bring pressure. It's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> is
0: uh, Is McCaffrey more injured and banged up, but it's just not being talked about as much as Mahomes? Is, uh, you know, there's a lot of question about, uh, you know, what McCaffrey's status is going to be. And he says that there's no way that he's missing this game, yeah, which is noble on his part. But, uh, you know, he got going a little bit late up the middle there yeah. as Dallas's defense eventually kind of got ground down by the uh, San Francisco offensive line in that game. But uh, earlier in the ball game, uh, they had negated McCaffrey's effectiveness completely. And uh, they were trying to run the ball up the middle and they couldn't do squat. Uh, and I think he had like 30 yards uh, through about three quarters of the ball game. And then he rattled off, uh, you know, I don't know that you would consider it garbage time, but uh, when they were clinching the game, uh, he rattled off a bunch of like seven, eight yard runs up the middle and uh, really padded his total. Otherwise, um, he was bottled up for most of that ball game. Yeah. I-, I do believe that Philadelphia will intimidate Brock Purdy into the big mistake. I think That's it's coming. The last two if this games. guy if this guy's flawless in this ball game and leads San Francisco to the Super Bowl, it's far and away the sports story of the year, isn't it
3: Well, I don't know. See, he hasn't been flawless. The last two games no. have come back to earth. So it's like there's this defense and they're aggressive and their offense can match what they do. So it's not like it's going to be a low scoring. Because that was a problem. Dak Prescott kept the Cowboys offense from scoring in that game. Like yeah. the Eagles don't do that. Like Hurts is not like just chucking it and turning it over. So like... I, I look. I said it. If I was betting on this game out of nowhere, I would say Eagles. Like I just would. Yeah. Like that performance last week. Everyone we had picked the Giants because it was such a big spread. The Giants had shown so much. Uh, they
0: shellacked the they Giants not, as if they didn't exist.
3: And hurt his shoulder. And like, yeah. they, none of it mattered. They had, it, that game was so boring. <laughs> like,
1: that game was that, so that
0: boring. I mean, to me, it was the most impressive uh, performance of the playoffs so was, far. Philadelphia's was. annihilation yep. of, of uh, what we thought was a decent New York Giants team. Yeah you know i mean if, uh, if that wasn't a bit of an eye opener now uh, sure they could bounce off of that and have a lousy game san francisco's defense probably i mean you would have to say is better than the giants overall just even if you look at the uh, statistics uh but uh, as uh, brandon lang keeps pointing out to us in the podcast they're unbelievable uh vulnerable in, in certain spots yep. and and they've been victimized and given up a lot of points against uh, offenses uh, that were led by quarterbacks that you would consider of a schmink variety so yep. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, if you look at Jalen Hurts and the way Philadelphia's been performing offensively, and then figure Purdy's going to be uh, under a lot more pressure in this game than he has been at, at any previous time with Philadelphia's defense getting 75 sacks on the season—that's uh, that, a significant number—and I just think Philadelphia's going to win that game uh, probably by 10 points or more. Uh, you know, it may be uh, you know tight for for a while, but uh, I think Philadelphia's going to put a, a serious licking on these guys. We'll yeah, see. All right, so I'm probably dead wrong about that. All right, the Greek coming up. uh, We have a lot of people going to join us here. The professor with the big board and uh, some college hoops plays, uh, no doubt. Uh, Also, Mark Lawrence on the uh, NFL playoffs, and uh, he's always dynamite. I'm thinking now, now he has to really be wondering which way to go in this Chiefs game because I would think right away he was on the Bengals. (laughs) But then they became the favorites, so he had to, like, bow out of that because he never bets favorites. And, uh, you know, now he's back getting a point with the Bengals. So uh, I'm thinking that's his pick. Yeah. I, I can't. Uh, does he pick San Francisco? Yeah. You know he's going for a dog, uh, you know, at Maybe. least uh, you know if he gives us one of the two games.
3: What's the over-under? Because I can see that game being actually low-scoring.
0: So, you know, I could see that game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be. It's, it What's figures to be low-scoring. So uh, I'm going to go with the over on that game. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll yeah. find out with the uh, Greek. The Greek is uh, very good at over-unders, and, yes. uh, and, and, and he's probably only betting in the first quarter of uh, both of those games. You know, if he's going to take a side, you know, he does that. I'll take the uh, Chiefs in the first quarter. Yep, yep, yep. All right. And you hope they get a safety, and that's it. That, that's the only <laughs> scoring. So it's uh, two and a hook. The Eagles have stayed steady at two and a hook over the 49ers at home. And the Chiefs now one-point favorites over the Bengals at home. And uh, the Greeks are going to join us. Uh, then, uh, as we said, the professor, Mark Lawrence, and a gambling uh, and should be a little bit of a stuffed gambling gourmet today. As uh, you know, we know that uh, he probably had other engagements uh, food wise during the day, and then that that looked like a ridiculous way to finish off the night. If you were sampling <laughs> a little bit of everything, my God, Damn. Nurse, that's all you could say. All right, Hylia uh, Park, the handicapping contest that's on for uh, Sunday. It's January 29th, a couple of days away. Your chance to win a seat to the uh, NHC. It's absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, the tournament uh, out in Las Vegas, you win passage, uh, you know, transportation and accommodations uh, for two and an entry fee into the NHC, which you can't get in uh, any other way unless you won one of these tournaments, either online or, or a live uh, variety of it. And uh, the Hylia one is as spectacular as it gets. And I think it's probably one of the last qualifying events for the uh, NHC. So if you're in, that's a way you have a chance to win. Otherwise, uh, no shot. $500 uh, entry package. And uh, that includes $300. at your own bankroll. You keep that. The 200 goes to the prize fund and uh, the expenses of running the tournament which includes spectacular breakfast and lunch you're not going to go hungry that day that's for sure if you're an anxiety eater which i think mayo is an anxiety eater if you're an anxiety eater uh, i mean plenty of stuff to uh, pacify you and make sure that you can handle your nerves through the entire tournament and uh, you can emerge with a giant bankroll and uh, win the prize fund and then the trip to vegas it's absolutely great uh going against uh, some some very good handicappers uh, these tournament players are pretty sharp so uh uh you, you're you're in there uh, with, with some real uh, intellectual handicapping types and at the same time you have your method and if it works boom you'll beat them all right all of these sharpies with their charts and their computers and all of that stuff and you're just sitting there going i liked it too you can do it i mean uh, it's possible so get involved you can't win if you're not in Uh, HyliaPark.com for the entry form. It's the uh, handicap tournament. And then the uh, boxing, I believe, is February 24th now, El Boxeo. Oh, nice. And it's going to feature Rigondel, the uh, Cuban uh, defector who's won multiple championships. And he's he's sort of on a comeback trail. And uh, he'll be in the main event. Uh, Rigondel, who um, I I started his career, I think, right here in Miami. I think his initial bouts were right here at various venues uh, in South Florida. Uh, all now right. No, we're coming back with more. Uh, we'll have uh, the Greek joining us and then the professor with the big board, uh, Mark Lawrence, and, of course, uh, the gambling gourmet, Mike Mayo. And that's all coming up in a moment. Now that. Guillermo Rigandel. I was struggling for the guy's first name. It's uh, 736.
1: Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one-day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
5: From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at mile marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at mile marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305. 305- four five three
3: nine zero six six recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us any time of year things can happen to your home or business and the insurance company can be your friend but they also can be your enemy horizon public adjusters justina testa are here for you to help this process go so much easier before you call the insurance company call horizon public adjusters and justina testa at nine five four eight zero nine eight seven five two would you
0: I, I like when uh, the guys on the CBS pregame show, yeah. you know, like Boomer and all of the uh, crew there, they, they're picking games without the point spread. And then yeah, they're, they're unanimously, uh, you know, on the side of the favorite.
2: Picking games without a point spread is like telling somebody that you banged the girl last night and she was a hooker. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's the way I look at it.
0: Got home last night, yeah.
2: We now return to The Defoe Show.
0: All right. Welcome back to the show. Uh, engaged in a degenerate Friday. And then uh, later on today, speaking of degeneracy, we'll be out at Gulfstream Park. And, uh, that's going to be a prelude day to the Pegasus. I-, I do have my pick five picked out in Aqueduct. Very chalky, though. Olivia uh, tastes like milk or magnesia. In fact, <laughs> I got a dry taste in my mouth right now. We welcome to the show. Always a pleasure to welcome this man in on a degenerate Friday and the uh, author of that previous quote. Uh, although, um, I-, I guess betting games without the point spread is kind of like a vow of celibacy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know, I just, why well, even bother having
2: sex at that point?
0: We welcome to the show the Greek. Uh, Greek, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm good. Sitting in traffic on 95, nothing unusual. Uh, you know, getting ready for a regular fry. I was at Downstream last Saturday and uh, had a good day and hit the first race. Number seven, Frank Sinatra's favorite color, orange. Nice. Nice. Paid 28 bucks. So that's my method of uh, handicapping horses. The usual
0: 100 uh, on uh, the five biggest long shots?
2: Yeah, four. We're going to cut back. It's a uh, tough year. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that got you back 14, and if you quit there, I mean, quitting while you're ahead is not the same as quitting, exactly. as they said in American no, Gangster. I, it, yeah.
2: Yeah, you're right. No, no, I agree with you 100%. No, I, I, the track's great. I know they're getting ready for the Pegasus, uh, which is tomorrow, and that's uh, what the 13th race, and uh, it should be fun. I mean, you know, they – I think they've really done a lot with that track. I mean, it really, they keep it beautiful. They really have really upgraded a lot of areas, which is nice.
0: Yes, and also for the track itself. I mean, uh, my man Billy Badger, I run into him now every Friday, it seems, uh, when I'm out there. And he was always a huge supporter of uh, all of the shows that we did uh, and a main impetus behind us uh, being there along with Mike Nyman for, for many, many years, uh, which uh-huh. uh, extremely enjoyable being out there in the morning doing a radio show. And uh, now, just as much so. Uh, now that there's action out there, uh, during lunchtime, but, but they, they have done a dynamite job of upgrading all of their uh, racetracks. Uh, they always had a good surface for the main track and the turf of course was drying out a little bit. They redid that. They put a lot of time and effort into that and, uh, they put in the, uh, of the synthetic so that, uh, during the summertime you wouldn't have so many scratches out of, uh, turf races, which were hard to schedule. And uh, I guess also and there are a lot of horses now that compete on the synthetic only and uh, or prefer that surface. But uh, great job. And, and uh, they put in what, the carousel? I haven't seen that yet. Uh, have you been to that part of the track, the carousel? There used to be, I guess it was the no. South Tiki Bar? North Tiki Bar. No,
2: I didn't see that. I mean, I didn't see that. No, I, no, they've been in so many areas. Like I said, they're all ready for the Pegasus. I was there last Saturday with Cheetos, and it was nice. I mean, but the track, I mean, I noticed a difference, you know, obviously going there for a long time. Yeah. And everything's very manicured, maintained. You know, there's always somebody cleaning up and it, it looks really great. It really does. I mean, I hope they can down the road, they get sports betting and, uh, you know, maybe they make the casino bigger. I think it'll be a home run.
0: Yeah. Doing well, uh, well, regardless. And, um, uh, you know, this is a big, big event coming up tomorrow. Uh, all right. Uh, how'd you make out last weekend on your games? And, and um, uh, you know, what are you looking at this week? Greek, you have two games left on the schedule.
2: I mean, I, I think both games are very tough. I did a little thing last night. I spoke at a place for betting with a bunch of people. And, you know, the thing with Mahomes is like, if you, when you bet baseball and you bet a favorite in baseball and say the pitcher is an ace and he's nine to five and he gets blown out in the first, second inning, you still got to pay the odds. Yeah. Betting the Chiefs is very tricky because you, Mahomes could come out in the second quarter, third quarter. They might come, you know, game time. Uh, six thirty, and say he's not playing. Yep. Like you don't know what you're getting when you're betting the nope. Chiefs, and that's the scary thing. I mean, and anybody who says different is wrong. I mean, you go out there first quarter, and all of a sudden he's not moving around well, and that's why I said the analogy of baseball when you bet an ace, which I always tell people not to, because baseball odds are so high. You got to put up nine to five, and the pitcher gets knocked out in the second inning, you're still playing nine to five. I like the Chiefs. I bet them to win the Super Bowl a while ago, but realistically, I, I don't. You know, it's Mahomes playing the whole game, and even if he plays, he's limited. Uh, I've never seen a line like this change based on sporting reports. Uh, yeah. started off the Chiefs for two, then the Bengals went to two, and now the Bengals are getting one. And everybody who's going by what they're saying, like they say Mahomes was in practice. Mahomes, they don't practice. They just walk around. Like they're not hitting each other. There's not nobody yeah. after Mahomes. I mean, you'll get hit more times going to your refrigerator tonight. So there's really not a – there's no, you know, bearing of watching him of how he could do. You know, Burroughs beat him three times. They're a young team. The only thing that the Bengals have a weakness is their secondary little with Apple, that cornerback. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I You know, I want the Chiefs, but I I think it's going to be tough for Mahomes. And like I said, I think if you're betting and you bet the Chiefs, you're betting a wild-card team because you don't know how he's going to be, despite what he
3: says. Greek, look, and I know your buddies, and you warn them against this, but I know a lot of your buddies will do the in-game thing. Is this where you would go in-game then? Because you get to at least get a feel for Mahomes, the Chiefs, the game, and it's so close, it's not like it's going to kill you either way. Like, Is this the place where in-game I mean, is you, can, you can
2: bet in yeah. I mean, I think you, I'd be more comfortable betting when him in game second half. Because, again, you could bet in game in the second quarter with 10 minutes left. And the next play, he comes up hobbling. Uh. And Chad Henning, yeah, he did a good job last week. Everybody keeps talking went 98 yards. He didn't go 98 yards. There was a rough in the penalty, 15 yards. And there was a holding five yards. So, he went 60 yards. You know, so, I don't know. And see, the things with Mahomes, you got to realize, when he's not scrambling, then the defensive backs... They can play man-to-man. Yeah. They're not worried. Yeah. They play his zone when he's regular because they got to watch him. So it, it doesn't imitate, right. you know, he really has – he's a little limited. If it was a pack-up quarterback, you know, somebody like Marino was or Rogers stays in a pocket, you don't worry about it. But, I, you know, I just – I worry that he's not going to be able to, you know, be 100 I – mean, he's not 100%, but he's not going to be the quarterback that he is, that he can create, he keeps plays alive, he throws under his arm, he goes to the line, you know. I don't see that all happening. I hope it
0: does, but I just don't. That's just my, you know, thought on the game because of the injury. Yeah, very much up in the air. And we were thinking that uh, they should portray him as uh, being a pathetic cripple at this point and, uh, you know, and and have Cincinnati thinking that he's not going to play. But instead, it's just the opposite going on. So maybe it's a conspiracy theory, but uh, drawn up, uh, you know, from the other side where, they make it appear like he's in perfect shape because he had a break dancing video he put out yesterday with Andy <laughs> Reid. Did you see that? Uh, I
2: missed that. I missed that. Right. Yeah, I, missed I
0: mean, you uh, know, all portrayals of uh, Mahomes are as if nothing happened to him that day, and and then you see again, uh, you know, the clip of him on the play though, he actually originally got hurt, where the guy just collapses on the top of his ankle, and you're thinking, you know what? That one is a tough one to just get up and walk away from without uh, any, uh, you know, any if impediment he, whatsoever.
2: I'm 100%, and I know this is crazy. I wouldn't even start him. I'd bring him in the second half. Because if he starts and he goes out, it's going to deflate the crowd and deflate the team.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're acting like he's fine. So. That's an interesting one. i oh the line now. I'm back in favor of, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I, will never forget this. And I mentioned it earlier this week. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali was, uh, you know, absolutely finished at the end of his career. Uh, shouldn't have been fighting anymore. As a lot of people know, uh, he goes in against Larry Holmes, right? In Las Vegas. Yeah. And my buddy and I are going out to the fight. And at the last minute after, I mean, uh, Ali had been in pathetic shape. I mean, he didn't even bother trying to get in shape for his, uh, uh, most recent fights, and, you know, he had, like, blubber hanging over his, uh, you know, waistband, and uh, then all of a sudden, he was taking his thyroid medication, which probably, uh, you know, what wasn't necessarily a good omen to begin with, that, that he needed this medication to start out, and he he looks like he's cut. They put a picture in a paper of him the day before the fight, and, uh, you know, he's weighing in at, like, uh, 224 with a ripped set of abs, and so everybody sent it in on Ali, who who got, So annihilated in that fight that uh, I think if you look back, you'll see Holmes uh, from, like, the second round on begging the referee to stop the fight. He doesn't even want to hit Ali anymore. Uh, You know, but uh, everybody got fooled by the picture, you know, that uh, Ali looked great. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, supposedly was in shape. And uh, so they sent in their money and it went up in smoke. Uh, You know, maybe that's what's happening with Mahomes. All right. and, And the other game... I, I see Philadelphia winning this game. I don't know why. Luby's a big San Francisco fan. Another reason to be fueled with uh, encouragement that uh, you know I'm right about this. But uh, I don't know. Philadelphia was uh, the most impressive team so far in, in the playoffs of all the teams that have performed.
2: First of all, every scout in the NFL should be fired. This guy yeah. was the last pick, last pick, and he's starting, and he's seven and zero. It shows you all the scouts suck. They don't know what they're doing. How did he get past 31 teams and last? And he's in the NFL championship making 600000 I lost that last year. Yeah. So Prescott, <laughs> and Brett Prescott made $40 million. It does really show you that, you know, a lot of these teams or these experts don't know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. I think the kids playing on ice, uh, Philly stuff, obviously they're home. Um, I, I would think Philly could beat them by a field goal. I, I would think, but again, I think it's a real close game, but it really does show you what, you know, like Brady or Kurt Warner. There are a lot of people out there that just need a break in sports and then they get it. And then, you know what? They go. Crazy. If he wins, it'll be the first time ever a team has a super bowl with a third string quarterback. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Although Trent Dilfer could have been third string if they had anybody on a second string <laughs> when uh, the Ravens won the championship. <clears throat> I mean, even if, uh, you know, they, they had, uh, the, the equivalent of Joe Flacco, uh, you know, uh, with the Jets uh, this year, uh, they, they would have put Dilfer uh, down on the third string. All right, what are you up to, Greek? Uh, what's going on? Uh, anything? Uh, any hot news on the dating scene? Uh, uh, you know, a- any appearances uh, of significance? Uh,
2: no, we we're just at Golf Stream. We just finished up strikes for Greek Scudair. We got a Super Bowl show coming at us, and then we'll be at uh, we'll be at Golf Stream again on the eleventh of February. But I know, the uh, pe- are, you, uh- are you going to it this month?
0: Uh, no, I'm not going to go out there tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of those kind of, uh, events. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I, I've yeah. been to the Kentucky Derby. I like it, but, uh, I much prefer the yeah. quiet solitude of sitting in a bar and at a simulcasting place on those days. Although I used to love it, man. Cause you used to want to eyeball the chicks and there will be, I mean, this, this is going to be a different level of, uh,
3: yep. you know, yep.
0: a personality at, at the, uh, at the racetrack. Yeah, the track Don't track. you think? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, right. you know, I mean, they're oh, trying oh, to go yeah. for like a a major event type of feel here, which I, I think they'll accomplish.
2: Yeah. For Is that on TV? Yes.
0: Yeah, it's going to be NBC, NBC, I believe, NBC, televised NBC. the Pegasus.
2: Yeah, no, no, it'll be great. I mean, it's, you're definitely going to get uh, hookers that are about 3,000 a night. There. It's going to be pretty high. End.
0: <laughs> Hang out at the carousel, man. I don't think you can lose if uh, you're at that part of the track. Uh, all right. Uh, always a pleasure. Okay, to be, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you have a great weekend. Uh, good good luck on you. your wagers. You and uh, we'll talk to you again time. soon, my friend.
2: All right,
0: Pete. The Greek, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to ask him if he was going to the Super Bowl. No. Who the hell would want to go out to Arizona, be impaled to a cactus forever. for a week, and then, uh, you know, get ripped off to see a? Well, what could be, I mean, uh, wow. I mean, I- I- any combination of the four teams that are left, that makes for, uh, as our good friend Al Bernstein aforementioned Al Bernstein would say, an intriguing matchup. Yes. Right? Oh,
3: no, no, I mean, there's no, like, random... Like, team, you are like, oh, they're going to get rocked. Like, all four of these yeah. teams feel like they're teams of the of the now slash future.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, look at the Eagles. Just a couple of years ago, they were all locked in on Carson Wentz, thinking that he was the man of the future, and now uh, Jalen Hurts, who I, I wouldn't you know, I, I'm, I'm straight up and straightforward with this. I mean, I, I would have never thought that this guy would be a top-notch pro quarterback. I, you, you, you could have given me a chance to give it the thumbs up a hundred times, and I would have said, I, I don't see it, right? Like, uh, I, I didn't think he could throw the ball this well. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, smallish scrambling quarterback with, uh, you know, uh, uh less than uh, cannon for an arm. But, uh, very, very effective in the Philadelphia offense. And, uh, I, I think their defense is formidable enough that, uh, you're going to see Brock Purdy finally, uh, looking up at the lights maybe a couple of times now. Take out advertising on his shoes. That would be my recommendation. <laughs> Be facing straight up at some point. Uh, all right, uh, we have the professor coming up. That's always good, and uh, looking forward to that. Also, Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com and the Gambling Gourmet could be a stuffed Gambling Gourmet today. As uh, wow, I, I was just looking at the pictures that he sent out from last night. That looks sensational. Yes. See, now I passed on that because I, you know, the Mustang would have wanted to come, and and then you know it was all red meat. So, although she did go to the other one, and uh, you know, I, I guess I mean, she passed rims. by herself. At the bar. A pork, you know?
3: which isn't actually red meat. If, if the ribs are pork, that's actually white meat.
0: I don't think she eats pork,
3: though. Okay, so then your wife's just, yeah, yeah. just funding. She
0: eats with... chicken, though. She will eat chicken, <laughs> so they had some uh, barbecue chicken. But it was red meat. It's a red meat lover's club. It's a He-Man woman-haters so maybe, club. If they
3: were beef ribs, then, yes, that would be red meat, yes.
0: Yeah. But it would have been fun. I mean, it was right up my alley there. I mean, with the boxing and everything, that, that would have been kind of cool. All right, uh, we're coming back with the professor in just a moment here on a Defo show, Hylia Park, as we mentioned, a uh, great place uh, if you're uh, looking for action. Uh, they have all your favorite Vegas style games. And then uh, 29th, at Sunday, the handicapping tournament for your horse playing degenerates out there. Maybe you're coming off a big score in a Pegasus, right? I think I'm going to box a 1 4 in the Pegasus in honor of my, uh, I hope she's still around, the uh, lovely Norma Lee Costello, who when I first moved to Florida, Uh, we kind of hit it off and then ended up doing a bunch of things together. She was giving, believe it or not, Luby, she used to call into the radio station, and I had to uh, record this stuff and then play it later during my sportscast, was uh, doing race results from Call to Race Course and and the other tracks, of course. But uh, actually, they gave her the time to give the win, place, and show pricing. Jesus. Imagine this on on, on a radio broadcast now where they don't uh, want to pay any attention to anything. Right, uh, you know, you certainly would never get that uh, anymore. I mean, that, that's that's a part of the uh, maybe, and maybe for good reason, right? How interesting was it to somebody that never played the horses to hear that uh, uh, Sir Faffy paid two fifty to show? I mean, but uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, she uh, always boxed a one four ten in certain spots, so that looks kind of like uh, could be a possibility there. All right, uh, back with the professor in a moment. Now that. Yeah. What are you saying, Louie? You're mumbling on your breath. Like, you, those are three horses you can throw right off the table. <laughs> Mayo likes a 10 ball cyber knife. That's his thing. Uh, and yeah, horse figures to be in a the money. They, they had him parade around a panic yesterday on TVG, like a little walkthrough of sorts, like Mahomes. Look beautiful. But, um, you know, all horses look uh, great before they actually uh, finish fourth or fifth, you know, with your money on. All right, uh, uh, seven fifty four. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play, when you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart.
1: Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of old school. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors to the nurses to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.
3: they're amazing soups again landlubbers raw bar and grill it's nice and easy just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery thank goodness for landlubbers for making you always feel right at home
0: this has been great because as called as jersey kyle has been with his degenerate stimulus package horses this man has been on fire with australian rules football to the point where people are calling him crocodile as uh, he joins us here on the show <laughs> the crocodile himself the professor now fourteen and eight in documented picks on Australian rules football, Professor. How are you, my friend?
6: I'm good, Defo. In fact, not only my fourteen and eight in picking Australian rules football, I am six and zero in Australia's favorite national game. Is this or is this not a night? <laughs>
7: <laughs> the best way to kick off your day is with Defo plus Luby. We now return to the Defo Show.
0: All right, welcome back to the show, uh, Jeff DeForest. We've got uh, Mike Lubitz, the Lubinator, and uh, always a pleasure to welcome on these Degenerate Fridays, the man behind a big board and uh, behind many winning selections here on the program over the years, the professor, joins us on the show. Professor, how are you uh, this fine week?
6: I'm good, Deef. How are you doing?
0: Doing all right. You know what? Uh, recovering from a bunch of shit. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, the broken toe seems to be healing up okay. Uh, might be ready to go uh, 100% by next week. Uh, the COVID is gone, so uh, uh, feeling okay. So uh, that, that's, uh, a plus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're getting into February now and, you know, so, still yeah. many, many interesting wagers to uh, decipher. <laughs> Have you looked at all at these pro games? Uh, I know you were upset about the Mike Tice thing in the Jacksonville backdoor. I am.
6: And we we may be discussing that in not too long here. Uh, oh, OK. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the games. um. You know, I, as you just said, I think you could make a case, really, for any one of these four teams. Um, obviously, in Kansas City and Cincinnati, hi, Cat. We, we see Libby's Cat joining us this morning. Yeah. Um, we uh, You can make a case for any one of these four teams. I think we you look at Kansas City and Cincinnati, it's it's all about what you think of Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Uh, the line, I, I was surprised, honestly, to see that number open up with Cincinnati's slight favorite. It seems to be working its way back down towards maybe ending up a pick'em or even KC, uh, maybe like minus one. Um, I know a lot of people have thrown out the, well, Joe Burrow's 3-0 and against Kansas City number. I mean, to me, hey, you know, you go back and you look at that game from last year and really what it was uh, was about uh, Cincinnati's defense taking the top off uh, the field and doubling up on Tyreek Hill. And then uh, for whatever reason, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes – couldn't be patient you know couldn't just move the ball down the field they kept trying to push the ball uh and and it backfired on them i mean but if you've watched the chiefs play that they sort of play a patient offensive game at this point yeah they still yeah. throw the ball all over the field but it's mostly you know midfield stuff it's not uh they don't throw the ball over the top a ton so i don't think you could necessarily look at that game plan working again for the bengals we'll see if they come up with something new
0: that Freddie Pachenko cat also uh, has been running the ball very well for Kansas City, and uh, they've done a good job. I mean, uh, considering Since he's he took...
6: black, I don't think he's actually related, though. Which
0: one's Freddie, Freddie
6: Pachanko? Anyway. <laughs> me, <laughs> that's got to please Jersey, right? Because Jersey's literally the only Rutgers fan I've ever met in my life, and he's a Rutgers yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you get uh, occasionally a Rutgers guy gets no, in the NFL, no. and... And really defies the fact that he went to Rutgers uh, as Mark uh, Bavaro. I know, right? I mean, basically, Bavaro.
6: since Ray Rice, they're actually showing up and play. Because I think it went from like Paul Robeson played one year of in the NFL before he went and sang opera. And then there wasn't another Rutgers guy till Ray Rice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Bavaro, uh, obviously the most famous uh, Rutgers guy, I guess. Uh, in, in no, the NFL. he's not.
6: Bavaro went to Notre Dame.
0: Mark Bavaro? Mark Bavaro he was went to Notre Dame. No. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm not wrong about that. He
6: may have been from New Jersey because everything about him kind of reached. Yeah, he's from from New Jersey. Jersey. But he was definitely a Notre Dame guy.
0: Never played at Rutgers, huh? All right.
6: Nope.
0: All right. All right. Uh, You know, I I trust you as the authority on college football for sure. And uh, I've lived largely under this misconception. Although Jersey might have convinced me that uh, he did go to Rutgers, you know, as he uh, claimed him (laughs) as uh, one of his own. Uh, Okay. uh, I didn't. Now, he may
6: be from New Jersey because he certainly – he, he kind of reeks of New Jersey. I'm but, sure he is uh, from New Jersey.
0: I'm going to say Notre that. Right, he was good.
6: really the start of Notre Dame having a rich lineage of tight ends who made the NFL That, that that's really
3: run up it off. It says he's Dame. from Winthrop, Massachusetts, so I don't know. Okay, Georgia so that's down. even worse. We're wrong about everything, He's a mass hole that went to Notre Dame. Like He's, he's that's a very dislikable
4: character.
0: Where did I get he was from? New Jersey. Jersey for some reason. I think he had a cheesesteak once on the boardwalk <laughs> in Atlantic City. He had jersey roll. Had the I, roll. And
6: now I feel like you're giving New Jersey credit for the cheesesteak. Like you've gone <laughs> Mark Bavaro and the cheesesteak credit to new jersey like that i, I pork, don't know what the hell's I mean, going uh, on.
0: what is it pork roll and cheese he had a pork roll and new cheese jersey's becoming
6: the new st louis you're just crediting it with everything ever everything invented. good that happened <laughs> came from, from
0: new crazy. jersey <laughs> yes all right what about this uh, this other game i mean it's kind of interesting uh, i i never thought jalen hurts was gonna we said it a zillion times now. was gonna be a good pro quarterback i mean, uh, you I know, mean does yeah he, I don't does he think have a career in the pros maybe game. but
6: I mean, here's the thing with Jalen Hurts and, you know, all credit due to this guy because he seems like a very humble dude and, you know, coach's son and all that nonsense. Very serious, uh, though. But, he, he's but nobody serious. ever wants, Nobody ever wants to give him credit for being like that story, the the coach's yeah. son who went and worked his ass off in college. They always want to talk about what a great athlete he was because, let's be honest, we still have to do, like, the race thing in sports. And like, he's yeah. black, so he can't be the, the story we love. He's got to be the, Well, he's just a natural athlete story, which I think is is phenomenally stupid because you look at his arc. He got to Alabama and he was a great field general and a great leader, but he could not throw the football at all. Nope. No. And that lasted for a couple of years, and eventually, obviously, benched for Tua. He goes to Oklahoma. He goes under the tutelage of Lincoln Riley. He completely reshapes his game, uh, becomes one of the best passers in the country his his senior year, That's and ends crazy. up. What they they took him as second round pick. I mean, like if you remember his last year at Alabama, if you had told me he would have gotten drafted at all to play quarterback, much less the second round pick. So, I mean, again, all the credit in the world for Jalen Hur- hurts. Cause he's a guy who has worked his ass off to get where he's at. Um, but right now I don't feel like he's the story in this game. I feel like Brock Purdy is, is, is the story and it's similar. And that's the one everybody wants to play. Well, he's Mr. Irrelevant. Well, okay, but he's also a four year starter at Iowa state. So for a guy who may not be that known publicly, he has played a lot of football. Yeah. I mean, he has started a lot of games. Yes, in the Big 12, where they don't play a ton of defense. And yes, at a school that is not a traditional Big 12 powerhouse, although under Purdy. Yeah, I was going to say they, they win a
3: lot. <laughs> they, they
6: were in, in it for Big 12 titles into December, pretty much his last three years there. So, uh, you know, it, it's interesting the contrast in the the way the. The stories are sort of being portrayed because these two guys are actually very similar. They both come from football families. Um, they both, you know, rose at the college level and and improved their skills at the college level, and now find themselves very young, starting on Ronald on Rosen. teams that have a ton of uh, surrounding pieces. So, uh, you know, a lot of coincidence in these in this. Yeah, country.
0: no, he's acquitted himself very well. I know, Don Purdy, and uh, as the Greek pointed out, uh, you're, you're wondering what's up with the scouts in the NFL. That uh, this guy, uh, yeah, this no, everybody
3: wants that. It's, you know, it's that's not a yeah. science. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like.
0: You would think then, if you're a scout, though, that you have some instinct to spot a guy every once in a while. That, uh, I you mean, know, you I'm...
6: would think, but isn't this the same franchise? Is the same, same make the same mistake? Because I will tell you, as someone who watches a lot of Big 12 football, yeah. nobody who has watched Big 12 football for the last four years thought Skylar Thompson was as good, was better than Brock Purdy. Everybody who yeah, watched that, Big that, 12 yeah. games. Would have told you brock purdy was a better quarterback but the dolphins of course took skylar thompson before the 49ers took brock purdy i guess because on top of it skylar thompson adds the benefit of being a 37 year old rookie so <laughs> you know you not only drafted a guy who wasn't very good in college but you know he's got a very limited future because he's about to start collecting social security yeah.
0: <laughs> a few picks later, the uh, 49ers grab a guy that's leading them to the Super Bowl with a flawless record, exactly. and uh, so far has <laughs> looked younger. as polished Honestly, as Tom just... Brady. And his, uh you know, uh, I, I don't well, mean get to bring into Brady this with in the big sense. board,
6: but there is a lot of just this whole NFC Championship, AFC Championship weekend is just a big kick in the balls to Miami Dolphins fans. There's a, there's a lot of that going on <laughs> in these two games, and uh, you know, arguably because. We keep buying tickets and getting excited about this franchise. We deserve it. I mean, like at some point when you're in an abusive relationship and you choose to keep going back to the trailer park and letting them beat the crap out of you. I'm not saying it's entirely your fault, but it's a little bit your fault. Like you're the one who keeps showing up, knowing that, you know, he's going to get drunk and beat you up at midnight. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a Dolphins fan, like you got to know that's eventually what's going to happen.
0: George and Tammy, man, all over again. Uh, you no. Know, is you it necessary to be completely watched, like, sloshed drunk to, uh, what was that, that Professor? It's a show. The
2: George and it's Tammy an show, show with uh,
6: Chastain and Michael Shannon. I,
0: I, uh, I, I like Michael Shannon. I think he's a great actor. I mean, uh, he does a good job portraying uh, George Jones in, uh, uh, what I think is it, he's is probably... it Chastain? Uh, she's, uh, Chastain, yeah. Jessica Chastain does a dynamite job playing. She's the, right, I, I
6: think uh, honestly, both of them really may be the two best ugly actors in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, if you need <laughs> Jessica, an actor an actress yeah. to play an ugly person, you can't oh, do okay. any better an ugly person. Okay. than Shannon and Shannon. And, and Shannon's Jessica great, Chastain. man. He,
0: he's great and everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it tells you something about country music, and, and maybe one of the reasons yeah. I stay away from it that uh, even the performers have to be just absolutely shit-faced drunk to sing these songs.
6: I don't think that's true anymore. I think nope. uh, now it's all, uh, you know, talentless hacks who can write songs about product placement. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you get to Nashville, like, and you sing that song about, you know, hey, my wife left me and she took my dog in my truck yep. and they they are all like, uh, hey, and I sure day. do miss my dog and truck. They're all like, okay, can you turn the truck into a Dodge Durango reference? Yes. And can you turn the dog into a, uh, you know, Labradors by Jones reference because we have those people ready to pay for this album so we need to work in and you know if you could work in some Bud Light Lime into your song somewhere <laughs> that seems to be country music is all it is is drops yeah. about uh, product. I mean say what you will about Garth Brooks and I wasn't like the biggest fan even though I came up you know in a day when he had, it seemed like every other hit was Garth Brooks he was kind of the first one who blurred the line between country and pop and Showed right. up on pop stations all the time. You didn't hear him singing songs about Wolverine work boots, like, <laughs> him. like okay, I'm just gonna randomly yeah work in a verse about Wrangler jeans here, <laughs> but, like all these people hey, now, wrong, it's like they're I was wearing my Wranglers. <laughs> 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 they really bring driving the Chevy brand names. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's good.
0: And- <laughs> All right, Professor, uh, any college uh, basketball picks or anything uh, before we get into the big bowl? Uh
6: Yeah, we got one tonight. We got St. Louis going to Davidson. You look at St. Louis, they come in hot as a pistol. Davidson did win their last game, but they lost a lot of four before that. Uh, I think you got to like St. Louis, so I think it's currently laying one here, even though it's on the road. Uh, the Billikens seem to be uh, rounding in and maybe getting ready to make a run at the uh, NCAA tournament. And then tomorrow, all we could do, because I can't for some reason get the look ahead lines on this is give you just a general point of reference because we got the Big 12 SEC Challenge uh, coming up on Saturday. All I can tell you is as improbable as it seems because everybody's talking about how great the Big 12 is and they certainly have played great uh, through the course of the season, the SEC has historically shown up very big in this event the last few years. Um, I think you'll probably see some some big underdog lines here. I would be looking towards the SEC teams uh, to probably show up a lot uh, better than people are expecting because it seems to happen every year. Coming into this, the Big 12 seems to be hot, seems to bring a bunch of ranked teams to the event, uh, and then the SEC shows up and shows and plays very well. So I, I would definitely look at the SEC uh, teams in that particularly as underdogs. And then uh, uh, you actually, know, come, when we get into yep. the weekend, Go I'm ahead. going counter because this is a very weird line in the NFL to me. You listen to the national media, you listen to uh, you know shows like yourselves, All anybody was talking about is the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody seems to be on the the Niners, not just this weekend, but for the Super Bowl, talking up Brock Purdy, talking up that defense, talking about the skill position. And yet the line really won't move. It started at Philly minus two and a half. It bounced to three for a second, right back down to two and a half. Given the overwhelming amount of public sentiment that seems to have Uh, favor the Niners. I would like the the Eagles here because that that tells me it's the smart money that's keeping the number where it is. And uh, I would definitely look at the Eagles. And then maybe the under, because honestly, this seems exactly like a matchup uh, where both defenses are really good against the strength of both offenses. Philly wants to run the ball. Frisco's great against the run. Frisco wants to pass the ball. Philly's great against the pass. I could see what people will call a boring game, but a, a very defensive game in this one.
3: Yeah, you haven't well, watched 23 at 17. Because yeah, everyone well we've under... talked to is all on the Eagles except for my dumbass. So, yeah,
0: I'm on oh, Eagles. Oh, really? So nationally, <laughs> again, <clears> throat>
3: again, throat> well, we have I don't put any
6: stock into the talking head credit shows because they're all full of morons. But, yeah. you know, I, nationally, it seems like everybody is on Frisco. Is ta- talking up the Niners in the one. That's story. good.
0: Yeah. Let them all he send the it Jesus in on San Francisco. That'll be great.
6: Yeah, let's Eagles. get that number down a little bit more.
0: Yeah, all right, Professor. Uh, it let's get to it—the Big Board uh, uh, this week—and uh, always a uh, you know, strong, solid feature of this program. So, uh, looking very much forward to what you have this week.
6: Well, you know, Defo, uh, it's been kind of a slow week in sports. Not a lot going on. Uh, by the way, I meant to ask you because Louie and I were talking about—did they move the Pegasus? Did, didn't the Pegasus used to be the week between the championships and the Super Bowl, the off week?
0: Uh, that I don't know. Uh okay. you know, the the concept has changed uh, from its original uh you know uh, the original race uh, which was uh people had to put up a million dollars to enter their horse and uh they were looking for a field of 12 so it was 12 million on the line and it was a winner take all as i remember you know kind of you know create that kind of big jackpot kind of buzz around a race and uh and that that, that fizzled out that that whole concept so uh now it's a 3 million dollar race but uh very representative field going and i'm not sure if they moved the timing of the race though all right, but,
6: uh, a big event out at Gulfstream uh, annually, so always uh, fun, check yeah. that out tomorrow on a non-NFL day. Uh, anyway, kind of a slow week in sports, but there's, you know, me, I can be a little bit irascible. So uh, there's been a few people that have uh, aggravated me this week. And uh, this week, it's what big we got of. is... The big board of sports figures that can rot in hell. <laughs> and it's not going to be the people you expect necessarily, because we can't just keep, you know, digging yeah. in the Ben Affleck. Well, uh, I will tell you, Ben Affleck is not going to show up on this because he's not a sports figure, although he can certainly rot in hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be people who have done something to deserve it. And uh, we'll start off with two people who just cannot shut up ever, cannot stay quiet. And 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 for me, it's personally aggravating because it is, huh? It, it's my phone that doesn't want to respond. There we go. There you It's Patrick Mahomes' idiot family, <laughs> <laughs> and this is actually very personally aggravating to me because I like the Kansas City Chiefs. I've always rooted for Andy Reid because nice. you know, default. We've always had a a, a a less than subtle enthusiasm for the fat guys in sports. So I like yes. Andy Reid. Who doesn't like watching Patrick Mahomes play? Patrick Mahomes might be the most entertaining to watch quarterback ever. Like, <laughs> I, And the guy's an alien. But then you got his idiot brother and his even worse wife showing up on TikTok and aggravating the hell out of everybody. Last year, famously, of course, uh, she sprayed champagne over the entire crowd from her sky booth uh, where she was by herself because nobody wants to sit with her <laughs> except his idiot brother. <laughs> and did it after they beat the Buffalo Bills in the playoff on a night where it was like 15 degrees, and you've got some moron. You know, trophy wife, spraying champagne this year. Then early this year, she showed up uh, complaining on Twitter about how their home wasn't completed yet after almost two years because really that's what you want to listen is Patrick Mahomes' wife bitching about how the new 10,000-square-foot ho- home she designed isn't finished yet. Oh, yeah, we yeah. feel really sorry for you, Brittany. The suffering. And, His brother, who has gained a TikTok following for being Patrick Mahomes' brother, who uses it to complain about Kansas City bars and restaurants, uh, (laughs) who don't don't seat him fast enough because of his celebrity status.
0: See Mike Mayo.
6: So note to Jackson Mahomes, you're not a celebrity. You're a celebrity's brother, and in case you haven't noticed it, since the days of Billy Carter, America hates celebrities. No, <laughs> we don't like those people. Nobody's no. out there being like, Well, you know, Don Swayze, he's a guy you have to take respect. <laughs> Nobody's yeah. out there saying, like, well, you know, let's invite uh Frank Stallone to the party. <laughs>
0: Although he had a hit record somehow.
6: Nobody was it was there saying Oh, you know, Roger Clinton is coming. That's exciting. <laughs> People don't like the idiot brothers. And a no. note to Brittany Mahomes, who has been with Patrick since high school, apparently. They went to Texas Tech together. Now they're married and have a couple of kids. You're not good looking enough to play the trophy wife and girlfriend role. <laughs> like, no, like you. Everybody in America who looks at you knows that you're very lucky to be where you are. You're, Patrick Mahomes is clearly a very loyal and cool dude to stick with his ride-or-die girlfriend. Anti-Russell Wilson. You are not looking enough to be the level of diva that you are. So be happy, stay off of social media, and keep your mouth shut because you're making America dislike Patrick Mahomes, who is maybe the most likable quarterback I can remember and doesn't play for my team. Like, I can't find any fault in Patrick Mahomes himself. No. But the rest of his family, you're borderline on making America hate the Kansas City Chiefs, (laughs) which is tough to do because it's a very likable football team.
0: Yeah, yeah. The idiot family of Patrick Mahomes weighs in at number five today. Number four, big board of uh, sports figures who can rot in hell.
6: Number four. Um, <laughs> now the board cut out on us. Hold on. We're, we're having some technical oh, issues traveling. today. <laughs> what, uh, traveling what travel uh, plans do you have there, <laughs> right? Traveling the world. You got to yeah, be that, careful that, what that pops Google up Google. on your computer. There, there we go. Number four, and this man has given us a lot of reasons uh, for him to rot in hell over here, but he gave us a new one. Skip Bayless makes $5 million <laughs> a year, and this is his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Skip Bayless famously showed up on... Social media this week, uh, doing a bit where he supposedly spontaneously, but it just happened to have a director and someone to film of him throwing away his Dak Jersey Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott Jersey after he, uh, Blew the game against the San Francisco 49ers and Skip Bayless' opinion. And this is his kitchen. Skip Bayless, you make $5 million a year. <laughs> My kitchen is better than your kitchen. <laughs> First of I all, actually looks better than his kitchen. you make $5 million a year. You've got an electric range. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Number two, look at that backsplash. Skip now, Bayless, Bayless the yellow backsplash? and black backsplash. Like I don't know if that was you or your wife. But if that was your wife, you need to divorce her for bad days. <laughs> That's the worst <laughs> life I've ever seen. And finally, you've got a gigantic countertop microwave. What year is this? Nineteen eighty six? Oh, is that his microwave? <laughs> Like who the, uh, And you got a oh towel on top of it so that in case you cook anything, it might potentially burn up. Oh like, God. who the hell has a gigantic countertop piece of appliance anywhere this year? You you make $5 million a year, we shouldn't be able to see anything in your kitchen. Everything should be yep. recessed into yep. cabinets, yep. Yep. And, yep. And, and, ignoring the fact that your kitchen should be 10 times bigger than yeah, this. this is- and it tops it off. By throwing it in a garbage can that's sitting there outside, he doesn't even have a garbage can hidden away in a drawer. What the hell <laughs> kind of kitchen do you live in, Skip Bayless?
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I mean, honestly, you're just I, – I, not that there aren't plenty of reasons that Skip Bayless can rot in hell, but now yeah. we've got it for his horrible kitchen and bad taste. Even I am offended by this kitchen, and it's worth mentioning – Skip Bayless's brother is a multiple-time James Beard Award-winning chef. Oh, really? Skip Bayless's father, yes, Rick Bayless, is one of the most renowned Mexican uh, American cuisine chefs in the world. Oh, geez. He's won multiple James Beard. Skip Bayless's father owned a successful barbecue restaurant for more than thirty years. Cooking is in this man's blood. It's no wonder his family doesn't talk to him anymore the very publicly. <laughs> like, Look at what you've done to your family's legacy, that this is your kitchen, Skip Bayless.
0: Classic, mode. That's, Straw that broke the camel's that's, back that's, with the Skip Right?
6: Bayless. I mean, like, there's already yeah. all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Is that a galley kitchen? Is that a galley kitchen? It's k- like Skip Bayless, but, I mean, good God, that's a terrible kitchen. <laughs>
0: How that show is still on the air. I mean, well, uh, what, what what is the enticement to watch that? Uh, just to find more reasons to despise Skip Bayless. All yes. they had to do was put up a picture of his kitchen and they could have canceled the show there and uh, <laughs> given uh, Shannon Sharp all of the money. Uh, all right. That's all right, number four, number Skip three. Bayless, guys that can run. Hell, that, I, I think a lot of people are you know, on board with that. Yeah, regardless. Story of
6: Storylines of the week that I have done with national media, you can shut the hell up people who cover the NFL. And that is, Genius coach Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> never forget, is the scumbag who gave away a Super Bowl to the yeah. New England Patriots and Tom Brady. And not just a Super Bowl, the Super Bowl that they now made that stupid goddamn 80 for Brady movie. Who the hell is that movie for? Who the hell wants Your to mom? see a bunch of 80-year-old women go to the Super Bowl My mom. and watch Tom Brady and the New England Patriots come back thanks to Kyle Shanahan yeah. giving the game away? So, Kyle Shanahan, not only did you give away a Super Bowl ring, you gave away the story that inspired this stupid Jane Fonda movie. Because that's what the world needed, was a movie that combines Jane Fonda and Tom Brady. <laughs> like, honestly, Perfect, who in Hollywood? I hope everybody who made that movie gets fired. I really do. I, mean, that,
0: <laughs>
6: I hope it comes out that one of them sexually harassed Olivia Dukakis during the make of the movie, and they all get Me too <laughs> like I can't imagine.
3: Get me dude.
6: Who the hell is paying money to go see that stupid ass movie <laughs> to watch that is it Dolly Parton flirt with Gronk?
0: Yeah. Uh, eight-year-olds I, orgasming over Tom Brady doesn't exactly, uh, you know, sound like a successful formula, does it?
6: And again, never forget, Kyle Shanahan is the man who is responsible yeah. for this. You're up twenty-eight to three. You've got what, well, like second and seven? And you take a penalty, and so you start throwing the ball instead of running the ball, which has been working all day. Kick the field goal, go up 31 to 3. You oh stupid jerk off! <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Given your genetics, I don't know if it's true that Albert Haynesworth punched your father, but I hope it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was never an Albert Haynesworth fan, but yeah. if I come back to find out the story that he punched Mike Shanahan at practice true, I will go because he does show up. Uh, he lives down here and he shows up at La Bamba once in a while. Yeah, ordering every. I, I saw them one time at the, him and his wife at La Bamba and I think uh, he ordered everything on page four of the menu because they brought about 30 plates.
1: <laughs>
6: I will which, tell you, if, which I I ever chili out, yeah. if I ever find out, Albert Hindworth, that it's true that you punched Mike Shanahan in the face just because You'll he gave birth meal. to Kyle, I will pay for your margaritas <laughs> at La Mamba from now on.
0: Drinks are on the house.
6: <laughs> never forget and never forgive Kyle Shanahan for 28-3. to 3.
0: I mean, uh, one of the most outrageous uh, oh, collapses ridiculous. in the history of sport right stupid. there. And, uh, you I, I was uh, on a plane. I, I had watched the first half and it was Blowout City at the airport in New Orleans coming back from New Orleans. So I'm on a plane in the second half. And uh, as we landed, all of a sudden my uh, phone is blowing up with texts from none other than Big Rich, who, uh, you know, is t- giving us a play by play of the collapse of, uh, San Francisco in that particular Super Bowl and our, our Atlanta right. rather. And, Atlanta. uh, you know, you're thinking, that's impossible. How well, let's the hell remember, they he also, they
6: As Luby pointed out the other night, he also managed to collapse uh, against Kansas they City. They like six yeah. minutes
3: left and had the ball. In,
6: in the fourth quarter. Uh, but that one I don't really care about because I like Kansas City. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this one, no, oh, never forgive. Such never urgency. forgive ever. All
0: right. That's, that's number crazy. three. I don't
6: care if he wins the next five Super Bowls, honestly. <laughs> you're still a bum.
0: His number's up this week. <laughs> that's number three on a big board. Uh, people who can go rotten hell, sports figures.
6: <laughs> sports Number figures. two, got to be honest with you. As much as I kind of like the Cincinnati Bengals because they got a lot of players, I like it is personally painful to me to watch Bengals game, and that is because of the gift that never stops giving you <laughs> cancer, <laughs> one Brian Flores.
2: <laughs>
6: I hope you're watching this Miami Dolphins fans, and I hope you know Joe Burrow is supposed to be a Miami Dolphin. As he leads the Cincinnati freaking Bengals, possibly, to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. And we have to worry about concussions for the next 10 years. (laughs) And even if Tua doesn't get another concussion, we have to worry about his leg just randomly falling off. (laughs) Like, honestly. Every time Tua <laughs> grabs his ankle, I'm not worried about his sprain. I'm worried that literally his foot has randomly detached itself <laughs> from his body.
0: Yeah. I, I used to sell uh, Met bobbleheads that were less fragile than Tua Tagovailoa, <laughs> and, like and every one of them had a crack in it somewhere.
3: Burrow's sacked Meanwhile, 100 times a year. <laughs> yeah.
6: Joe Burrow goes to Buffalo and just beats the holy shit out of the Bills and then cracks a cool joke about having the NFL having to give refunds to the tickets in Atlanta away. Yeah. Like, honestly, Joe Burrow is unbelievable for how, honest I mean, Luby and I were discussing the other, for the whole national media debate, trying to frame it like Justin Herbert and Tua are are even comparable to Joe Burrow. No, that, that draft class is not close at this point. Maybe at some point Herbert will improve or Tua will stay healthy and it'll become a debate. But right now, there's no question Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in that class. And if Brian Flores had just, Kept his mouth shut, collected his $100,000 per lost checks. Very and true. And done his job. That was what you were hired for, asshole. <laughs> you weren't down here to compete. You are down here to try to win games. You were hired to lose games so we could get the number one pick in the draft, you piece of trash. And then you've got the nerve to sue your boss because you refuse to lose your boss's instruction. And you know what? I hope you stay with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I hope Joe Burrow kicks your ass twice a year for the rest of your life because that's what you deserve for not doing your job, you piece of garbage.
0: Well stated, uh, Professor. All right, oh uh, I can't even imagine uh, where we're going with number one.
6: Honestly, can you imagine if you're the Arizona Cardinals right now and you are getting ready to possibly hire this man as your head coach? If I'm Kyler Murray's agent, I'm calling the Cardinals front office and say, that's fine, trade my client right fucking now. <laughs> Do not put this gum anywhere near my player who you just signed for $200 million. Do not put this piece of garbage, if I see Ryan Fitzpatrick in Las Vegas, because it's 100 miles from Phoenix, I want everybody in the front office fired <laughs> or my client out of this franchise.
0: Brilliant. All right, uh, the top pick in uh, the uh, People's Sports uh, figures you can to L.
6: It got mentioned, and that is? The saint of Bethlehem oh, covers the one point What a scumbag! Let's remember the sure, scene here: <laughs> Christmas night, 2005. The Minnesota Vikings are finishing a night game against the Baltimore Ravens to cap a Christmas Day uh, card on the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens are laying eight points at home, up ten points with 30 seconds left when the Minnesota Vikings get the ball back at their own 40 and hit two passes in a row to get down to about the Baltimore Ravens 27 yard line with 15 seconds left down 10. And what does Mike Tice do on a third down? He kicks a field goal with 15 seconds left yeah. because this was just the start of the analytics age where it was, well, you should kick the field goal first because then you could kick the onside and you still have time to uh, throw a couple passes for the touchdown. First of all, Okay, and this is before they even instituted the rules about the new rules about the onside kick, which basically make it impossible, impossible at yeah, that impossible. time. Anticipated onside kicks work less than two percent of the time. Since the rule changes, they work less than one percent of the time. So when you hear these numbers about well, people should onside kick any mo- more, then it works a lot more. Yeah, those are unanticipated kicks. It almost always works when you do it by surprise, but when people know you're getting ready to onside kick, yeah. it never works. It <laughs> is a ridiculous move. Again. Now embraced by Doug Peterson, who kicked a field goal and played to kick the field goal with that uh, throw to Christian Kirk going out of bounds to gain five yards. It never works. When you get down there, you're supposed to go for the touchdown. That's the way the game was played for like 100 years. And then Mike Tice came along and was the first one to do it. And since then, we've seen a flood of backdoor covers as teams down multiple scores that need a field goal kick the field goal first. That's the reason I call it the Mike Tice kicking the field goal first. I can't imagine the number of people who have lost games because of Mike Tice. People (laughs) betting favorites who deserve to win in that spot who have now lost because Mike Tice invented this move. And I, I know he didn't technically invent it. The analytics people invented He was just the first one to embrace it. Well, someone had to be the first one through the door, and it was Mike freaking Tice. And it's yeah. no wonder <laughs> that nobody has wanted you to make their coach shits, probably because they had a favorite somewhere along the line who got screwed by kicking the field goal in that spot because everybody hates that, and everybody should hate it, honestly. It, it, it's, it's one of those plays
0: that, that never works, like the hidden ball trick, right, in baseball like uh, when does it ever work like well, once every uh, other lifetime but uh, yeah tice i actually i i, I spent uh, a, a few hours in a race book here's a tell you about a nice guy mike tice he, he was a decent guy i got to yeah, say he's a mama. of may, course from he's a strategic he's a, standpoint uh, a he may have been a scumbag. horse player of course yeah. you loved him well, yeah, I mean, uh, it was an affinity there, a natural affinity, because, uh, uh, you know, there's a brotherhood of a uh, sick degenerate. Well, then place.
6: maybe you should have gathered around him and, you know, hey, you know, kicking the field goal first is a real scumbag move. <laughs> I, I, I cursed him sure out. I, I did, Professor. For, <laughs> yeah. for a yeah, generation scummy. of coaches kicking the field goal first to get the backdoor cover. You're going to lose uh, and, and You, you honestly, know me, <laughs>
0: Professor. I told him what a clever move I thought it was, uh, you know, as I was making his acquaintance.
6: I, Mike Dice deserves to get raped in hell by demons every time a coach plays for the field goal first.
0: Because All right, excellent, my he's friend.
6: he's the one who brought it to to football.
0: Great stuff. I don't know how you do it every week. But you're the it's, best. Uh, you, know, well, you know, you should get an Eclipse Award for uh, the <laughs> best segment on any streaming uh, broadcast uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, fantastic. Uh, the big board, uh, the college plays. We hope you're successful with that. Uh, good analysis on the... Uh, Again, My keep your games. eye on
6: the SEC uh, dogs tomorrow. They're, they're likely to show up. They seem to every year.
0: I'm sure Mark uh, Lawrence can appreciate I that too. Uh, uh, that hopefully, big.
6: Mark's got the local headlines and can tell you the numbers. Like I said, for some reason, I, the site I used uh, was was down today. So, all
0: right, all right, very good, Professor, outstanding. I will talk to you uh, again very soon. We hope. Yeah, Thanks, for being with us. All right, the professor, ladies and gentlemen, the big board. Still to come, Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports dot com. Uh, Will uh, have some analysis for us on these uh, conference championship games, and the gambling gourmet uh, could be a very, uh, you know, I, I would imagine, uh, you know, at least from a food standpoint, very satisfied gambling gourmet. I was I'm, say. I'm looking at all of these things that uh, were in front of him last night, and, and you know, he sampled all
3: of them. Yep. Oh, for uh,
0: sure. I don't know how the kid does it, man. I, I really don't. Uh, I mean, you've expressed genuine concern for our good 100%. friend Mike Mayo, no? Yes, 100%.
3: Because
0: we like doing a show with him. You know, it's kind of a kick. Although it is uh, like, uh, you know, an interrogation session for Mayo. Because, you know, we should just shine a big light in his face. <laughs> he's
3: just funny. He's a funny guy. He makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah I, I like when he
0: goes nuts before he even has any idea what you're going to say. You know, he's already like, hey! but, uh, You know, I was just going to say that the sun is shining here, Mike. I mean, you know, <laughs> do you dispute that uh no he, he's gonna join us later on uh try and defend the uh, indefensible uh as the gambling gourmet here on a, a degenerate friday back with more yeah, he'll have some analysis on this pegasus race i know he has a strong opinion on that and, and that'll be critical to the people that played a contest later yes, on today yes. on uh, mike Mayo's lunchbox which yes <clears throat> I, honestly i mean uh, you know i've always said this i, I remember when i first uh, moved to uh, florida and i uh, was doing uh, broadcasting and, and i went through a, a drawer in the uh, studio where, where uh, I was broadcasting from, and I found a couple of coupons for some frozen pies from uh, what turned out to be a closed Winn-Dixie. <laughs> and I actually said that on the air. I said, well, you know, not only are these coupons expired, they've been in a drawer here for like seven years, uh, but uh, the, the store that they're, uh, you know, redeemable at, it's it closed. doesn't exist anymore. And and the phones were flooded with people. They wanted to win this thing. <laughs> And I realized you could give away a bag of bird shit on the air and, uh, you know, people would, would try and, and win it. And then claim they never got it, you know, and try to sue the radio station. <laughs> so this is significant. I mean, when you have a prize like this, I mean, you know, a, a nice day at the track there and, a, you know, complimentary buffet at the Ten Palms. Are you kidding me? That's a good thing. All right. Uh, back with uh, Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com and the Gambling Gourmet. Uh, in a moment. Now that. Date Day
1: 32. Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere. Not too loud, but good energy. Reasonable prices. And a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food. Amazing atmosphere. Good for a family. Good for a date. Or just a night out for yourself. And prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight?
5: From the newly renovated sports bar to the beautiful bayside views captured at the Tiki Bar, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill has it all. Located at Mile Marker 104, the Big Chill also offers waterfront dining, while experiencing breathtaking sunset views of the Florida Keys. It's simply the hottest spot in the Keys to cool off. That's Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill at Mile Marker 104 in Key Largo. For more information, call today at 305-453-9066. Mark Lawrence, burial last night with the hook, the dagger right there in
0: the small of my back. That hook did me in again. I should know better. What would happen to you? We've asked you this before. If you actually were giving points... In a ball game, would you be able to live with yourself or look yourself in the <laughs> mirror the next day?
7: I would probably be ordering my last meal at the same time.
2: <laughs> there is nothing better than Defo. It's now time for the Defo Show.
0: All right, the uh, dogs are barking, and uh, we're going to go oh, right to the kennel oh, oh, club oh. here. The master of underdog picks from PlaybookSports.com. Our uh, good friend, World Championship handicapper, Mr. Mark Lawrence, uh, joining us here on the uh, program and uh mark welcome to the show how are you my friend
7: i'm doing just terrific defo how are you doing good morning sir i'm doing
0: all right you know uh, a little perplexed i I think these are very contentious uh, games and you could uh, make a case for uh, all four teams uh and uh you know and and not necessarily be considered uh for uh you know criminal uh you know uh behavior but uh uh, yeah, and and last week uh, it was interesting because uh, you would have thought, and I I'm pretty sure you were on the side of the Bengals uh, in that ballgame game against the Buffalo Bills, but um, you would have thought the Bills were holding all the cards in that game. I mean, uh, the weather was uh, buffalo esque. Uh, the uh, you know uh, Bills had the Hamlin thing uh, working, and he was at the game. I think he even uh, might have done the anthem, uh, you know. And you know they they were coming off a sloppy effort against a really depleted Dolphin team, but all the reason in the world to believe that they might bounce back at home. And uh, the Bengals went in there and annihilated them. I mean, it wasn't even close, which I think has everybody, again, jumping on the Bengals bandwagon this week. But uh, what did you think of last week's games? And, um, you know, where does that lead you when it comes to, uh, you know, what's coming up this week?
7: Well, I think the National Football League got what they desired, but they wanted this week. Uh, they have four teams that uh, all could be Super Bowl worthy. Yeah. And they're all – very popular with the public, uh, you know, Buffalo aside, but you know, Buffalo made their own bed. It's the reason yeah. they're not here. And you got one of two of the hottest teams, obviously in the league on a major, major role here uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals and also in the San Francisco 49ers uh, who appear to look like they may be on a collision course, but it still remains to be seen. Uh, the thing that baffled me a little bit, I, I, the most is that about Cincinnati last week is, uh is as electric as that performance was, and, you know, they did everything. It may have been their best game, I think, for the season so far this year, is going into the game, they had had a lot of holes against other fellow playoff teams statistically. And uh, I sort of thought that's what kept me out of Cincinnati last week is the fact that that could end up biting them. You know, it's like a racehorse. You know, he can dispose, he can beat up all the claimers that he wants. But when he steps into that gate and he's going up against rated stakes winners, it's a different race, but it wasn't that case for Cincinnati last week. They really, really just, like I say, put Buffalo to sleep last week, and uh, I'll be curious to see whether or not they can do that this week against Kansas City, who's sitting back here uh, with this big triple revenge egg on their shoulder here. They've been taken out three times in the last 13 months by Cincinnati, more importantly, in the championship game last year. Uh, And Andy Reid has been really dynamiting his career with revenge. so I'm going to not be on the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Wow. I think, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, while they're a good-looking dog, they could be a sheep in wolves clothing this week, and I'm going to pass up on the Bengals this week.
0: How how much stock do you put in the portrayal uh, of the condition of Patrick Mahomes? Because, uh, I mean, they're, they're making it look like, uh, this guy is ready to go on Broadway and uh, get into a musical <laughs> or something. He's doing a, a, and a just, biathlon. uh, you know, pick up the pace, right? <laughs> now, I don't know. I mean, uh, ankle sprains are, 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 treatable. I mean, I don't know how severe this one was. Obviously, we have, uh, you know, uh, only the uh, x ray, which was negative, but, uh, it looks like he's moving like a winner here. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, going into the race with no, uh, front or back wraps, if you want to go to, with the horse yeah. racing analogy. Uh, but I mean, I, you know, and it looked like this is a strange one, uh, uh, Mark, because, uh, it looks like that's had a huge influence, his appearances on the line where, you know, uh, Kansas City opened up the favorite, uh, one on a hook. And then it was like one on a hook or two, uh, in favor of Cincinnati after, uh, the Mahomes injury. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we, we didn't know what level of severity it was, but now that he's out there dancing around on the practice field, uh, Kansas City's back in the favorites role.
7: Yeah, it's unbelievable, and uh, you know, just every report that comes out about the practice has been moving this line. It's been moving yeah. like a pickleball match. You know, it's unbelievable. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, right now, they're they're the favorite right now, and uh, he, he was running appears, sprints against
0: say, Rich Eisen, I think, uh, on the sidelines.
7: <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and leaving him in the rearview mirror. I, you know, right. Right. Playing, I mean, just taking oh, off like oh, a shot and fact,
0: with Bob Hayes.
7: You know, I guess uh, high ankle sprains. I guess. A lot of that is probably varying degrees of of that sprain. Sure. And maybe his is minor. We we haven't heard that word yet, minor, and we're hearing more about Patrick Mahomes wants to play. Uh, But here's my my thought on this is that uh, if Patrick Mahomes is going to be behind center for Kansas City in the football game, I really truly believe that this game is not going to be won or lost by Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, which is where all the focus is going to be. I think you're going to find the team that runs the football the best is going to win this game. And to, to further that analogy a little bit, is if you take a look at Kansas City, and what they've done this year is in games when, in which they've outrushed their opponent, they've they're eight and zero. They've won all eight of those games and they beat the spread six times. Huh. In Cincinnati, in Cincinnati, you've got a team that has the the poorest rushing offense of the four teams they're the only team that rushes for less than 100 yards a game Uh, and i think that can be exposed here by kansas city i think they're not going to put the onus on patrick mahomes i think they'll want him out there for as long as he can possibly be on that playing field and it might not mean any scrambling around and doing all those patrick mahomes type things so i would say that you're going to see a little bit more rushing in this game than i think people are anticipating
0: the other thing that was weird about that Buffalo game, what uh, was, uh, you know, missing three starters on the offensive line. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking about it earlier this week, Mark. Uh, uh, nobody has uh, more travails with offensive line makeshift and uh, patchwork uh, type uh, offensive linemen coming in at the last second and trying to fill a big role. Uh, this is, uh, we, we, you know, a step up in class in terms of competition on top of it. And, and they look like the hogs out there. And they really did. I mean, they were just mowing through the Buffalo Bills defense. So, oh, yeah. You know, And it was a very flat performance by Buffalo. Now, now uh, Philadelphia was impressive to me. So far, I mean, far and away, you can just look at the score differential. But, you know, we, we thought the Giants were coming in with, with a, you know, at least a small measure of momentum of uh, what, what was a near flawless performance that they had against the Minnesota Vikings on the road to win that game. And, you know, there, there was no reason to believe that they were going to get just wiped off the floor by the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you know, it, even if the Eagles prevailed, but um, it, it was no contest. Uh, so, so where does that leave you with uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco in terms, I mean, San Fran, can this story continue, or are you like a lot of people anticipating that, uh, you know, with those 75 sacks, finally Brock Purdy is going to face something that he can't overcome?
7: Well, you know what's amazing is, uh, when you break down the quarterback rating so far this year, Brock Purdy brings the best quarterback rating of all, of all the four quarterbacks coming to the game. Now, I realize it's a small sample, only the seven games he started, but he's never lost a game. And there's nothing fluky about his numbers. It's all what Kyle Shanahan's done to keep him, uh, not losing the football game, if that analogy makes any sense. Uh, he game manages Rock Purdy as well as any coach can possibly do. And that's the reason for their success. Uh, and if you take a look at, I'm looking in and I'm going to use San Francisco as a play with you on the show. This That's be My play this particular week. Oh, beautiful. And, okay. Uh, Luby's yeah, happy about yeah, that. Yeah, everybody's got me, Philadelphia. That's not great for you. bad for you. Yeah. That's no. not
0: great
3: for you. But. Well, good. Uh,
7: the, uh, a couple of things here. Number one, the Philadelphia Eagles threw a no-hitter last week, you know, for all intents and purposes. And teams in the NFL who come off of wins of that margin, that magnitude, that size, 30 points or more really struggle the next football game. It's called returning, returning to the norm is really in truth. What it is. Uh, You can't continue to keep performing at that particular level, especially against playoff quality teams like San Francisco is. And, let's go back a little bit to that rushing analogy that I just brought up before. If you take a look at uh, San Francisco, when they've outgained or outrushed their opponents this year, they're 14 and one straight up uh, this football season and 12 and three against the spread. Uh, Again, it's Kyle Shanahan not letting Brock Purdy go crazy with the football. Just, you know, being composed, do what we do best that's going to be running the football. And that's what San Francisco has done so well in the past two or three years is run the football better than the opponent does. Philadelphia's rushing yards come largely from Jalen Hurts, as we know. know, He's a quarterback on the loose. And you get those rushing yards are added to his scrambling numbers and so forth and whatnot. I still feel that, and I know it's a throwing shoulder injury for Jalen Hurts that had kept him out before, but he had also had knee injuries and knee problems he's banged up both ways and I still don't think he's at 100% at his best level here uh, I, I like San Francisco in this football game and the other part of it is this is that I we alluded to this before that when teams make it this far and they get tripped out in this championship game and they make it back the next year they meet with the world of success especially when their opponent is coming up a win in point spread cover the previous game which obviously Philadelphia did in that blowout of the New York Giants here I think San Francisco is the better football team and we'll see them win this game and go to the Super Bowl.
0: Ah, Louis doing a Kazatsky here because, uh, almost everybody we talked to, uh, you know, was convinced that Philadelphia is going to, you know, be more likely to uh, replicate what they did last week. Uh, so, uh, good, strong stuff here from Mark Lawrence, playbooksports.com. And, uh, that line is just, uh, held steady at two and a hook, uh, of Philadelphia. I, I think it might have, uh, Professor Reverence fluctuated to three briefly and then. Went back down to two and a half. Uh, All right, Mark, playbooksports.com. You guys are all over it. Uh, Everything happening. We're heading towards March Madness. A lot of college basketball. We have some nice stories going here with Jim Laranaga, UM, and the FAU guy, Dusty May. Won again last night. Probably was a bit of a sleeper against the point spread for uh, most of what is now a a 19-game winning streak. Uh, What do you have working uh, with playbooksports.com, and how can people find out more about it?
7: Well, you mentioned the Basketball default. We're publishing a weekly basketball newsletter. Nice. It comes out every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. covers games, obviously, a week in advance. So uh, we've got, we got a real nice start to the basketball season. Uh, we had swept the best bets there two weeks in a row. We had a little bit of a rocky week this past week. But nonetheless, you can check out that basketball newsletter and this week's championship round playoff football newsletter. They're all online available at playbooksports.com. fantastic.
0: Highly recommended. I mean, uh, this is some uh, good degenerate sports uh, gambling reading, and uh, as you can tell by uh, Mark's presentation here over the years, just phenomenal in terms of uh, the numerical research that goes into it and uh, all of the different things that uh, you can uh, apply into the equation to try and come up with winners and been finding uh, long shots and underdogs for us for a long, long time. Uh, Mark, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show
7: you guys enjoy the games be well and let's hope the ball bounces our way this week thank Have you a great week sounds good
0: man. how about mark lawrence on your uh, 49ers there
7: luby
3: I, I feel bad for him but that'd be cool if the I contrarian
0: <laughs> always the contrarian i mean going against the grain there taking the bigger point spread and saying uh yeah give me two and a hook and i'll uh, take my chances with brock purdy and the 49ers uh, in that nfc championship game coming up on uh, sunday at uh, three o'clock uh, all right uh we're going to come back with the gambling gourmet uh, what should be a very uh, satisfied and gratified uh, gambling gourmet after his outing last night? Which uh, I am not sure was he overwhelmingly enthusiastic about going to this thing? Because uh, well, he those was. Guys, we were. They do a great job, I man. Uh, they really do. I am not sorry I missed it because I don't know that I wanted to eat that much last night. But uh, wow, I mean, the food looked absolutely spectacular at the Red Meat Eaters Club. And I'm hoping they resurrect that thing again at the uh, tennis uh, event. That'd be awesome if uh, we could go to that. Uh, you would enjoy that. Yeah, Bring the cool. lovely Shirley and uh, she'll have a nice time. It's that'd a beautiful be thing sitting out there on a cool, uh, you know, Miami evening. Nice. And, uh, you know, watching some great, great uh, top-notch professional tennis. Uh, all right. Uh, coming back with the Gambling Gourmet in a moment on the Defoe Show as we wrap up a Degenerate Friday. We will be later on at Gulfstream Park coming out and say hello. And that's what Mike Mayo's Lunchbox, 12 o'clock today out on the uh, apron, right where the horses kind of come on the track. And uh, we'll have a good time out there uh, later on sampling some of the great food fanfare that's available uh, with the Pegasus on top on Saturday. So the day before these big races, a lot of people are in town. It's always a yes. good day to be on at the it's race. Like track. A so it's a lot of fun. Uh, back with more in a moment. Now that. Date 47. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Highly Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette, in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart.
1: Hey, folks, Tony Segretto here. You know, since day one, Catholic Health Services has been part of Old School. And since we've started letting people know about them, it's changed their lives. You see, Catholic Health Services, while being recognized as one of the top places for stroke rehab in the country, it's also about a group of people who not just excel in what they do, from the doctors, to the nurses, to the therapist, on and on and on. It's how they do what they do every single day that separates them from the pack. They do it with a passion, unmatched, and the inclusion of family in every step of the process. Trust me when I tell you this. If you want the best unmatched rehab with a special group of skilled, caring people, there is truly only one place, and that one place is Catholic Health Services.
3: They're amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to LandlubbersBarAndGrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home.
4: All right, we have the Gambling Gourmet with us, Mike Mayo. Well, yeah, and you know me, uh, when it comes to, like, pro football, I usually like to sometimes handicap games on which is the better food city. Where, you know, yes. Where, where would I rather eat in? uh my mom, God bless her, 88 years old, and she follows some football, and we do a, a family pool where we make picks. And usually her her is based on which city she would rather visit or nice. live in. Okay. Nice. But college football, you know, for me it used to be, uh, you know, I, I always thought that the uh, quality of the football team was in inverse proportion to the amount of teeth in the crowd. <laughs> so, like.
7: Grab a bagel and a schmear, plus some Defo and Luby. Welcome back to the Defo Show
0: speaking of uh, bagel and a here he is uh, mike mayo who uh, we did not know was jewish until we saw him consuming food at grandpa's uh, that confirmed it for me <laughs> uh, we welcome the gambling gourmet <laughs>
4: show and uh, liver what am i Chop liver on turkey yeah <laughs> I, I
0: thought i thought you were going to a boxing thing last night uh, and uh, like a professional wrestling match uh, broke out what was the story there?
1: The this was a wild
4: thing it was uh you know evan darnell the red meat lovers club uh, yeah. they uh were you in the groups.
0: He-Man Woman Haters Club, by the way? <laughs> yeah, did you
4: ever think about formulating one?
0: It's my in favorite my club of all time. Days, yeah,
4: yeah, when uh, we were in the uh, Cub Scout troop, sitting around right. and just uh, petrified of of girls and women. But now, uh, I love uh, you know I'm a that I'm that a remains girl, in place today dad. for me. No, also. I'm a girl dad. I'm a okay. girl dad, and uh, so uh, no, it sounds misogynistic to me, which is why it it's is so misogynistic. By it's literally. you, you believe women. it to be
6: misogynistic?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
4: think? The He-Man Woman Haters. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Sounds a little a nice deduction there man <laughs>
4: You're and right Donald game. Trump and, and Ron DeSantis and yeah. anybody who doesn't have a, it, a vagina they're or they're uterus right. uh, right. controlling every vagina and uterus in the world. Uh, that the rest might my case. make you a little misogynist. So All right, so, um, so what was the story really, on this thing? And the food it was great. It was a great event. So every year, um, this Red Meat Lovers Club uh, that's now based out of Delray Beach, but he does these events for charity. He has them throughout the year. You went to the meatballs and the tennis. That, that was great, year, too. World, uh, that was man. good. But Class one of his events I've been to of its type, one of his standard events every year is he calls it the boxing and barbecue this year it was called ribs and boxing because the theme was ribs. And uh but he always has some surprise special guests. And last night it was Brutus Beefcake, the That's former great. wrestler. Appropriate, of course. He auctioned off because Evan does these auctions for charity. He had, I guess, Brutus Beefcake's stick was the big shears that he would uh, come in and cut people's hair. I don't know if you remember that, but he Uh, had a autograph
3: Beefcake. That was his friggin' name. Yeah,
4: yeah. And and he had basically a autographed pair of shears, uh, garden shears that he auctioned off for like five hundred bucks. Did you get a little trim last
0: night? From I beef got beef a haircut,
4: beef? not from Bruce Beefcake, but oh, from okay. my own uh, hair uh, stylist. Uh, yeah, it was that time. And I feel like a million bucks. I'm ready to go for this. week. No, you look good. Uh, you Pegasus, look good. And I'm feeling good in a good so, mood. So, and yeah, and I, the
0: food, I, that, the pictures you sent, I mean, it looks spectacular.
4: Well, yeah, it was the ribs were the theme. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, of course, was one of the judges that uh, ended up awarding a winner. And it was, uh, look, I broke into the meat sweats because I got there and I walked. <laughs> how, how much my, did you
0: actually eat? I mean, uh, can you well, I idea? did a
4: burst of eating because i got there you know right when it opened at seven before the big crowds uh were there and i just kind of made yeah. a a big uh, circuit around the six different competitors and stuffed down all the ribs and then i broke into a big sweat and then oh, by the end you. of the night at about 10 30 i was ready uh, i was hungry again i was almost stopped for a slice of pizza on the way home but i didn't wow decide. um you're incredible man they really these are ribs so all right violent. here's a question for you gentlemen um yeah. because they didn't specify to the competitors of which ribs uh there were both beef ribs there and pork ribs, and the pork ribs were the two varieties, the St. Louis spare ribs, which is a little bit bigger and meatier, and then the baby back ribs, which is oh, a little back. bit more tender yeah. and smaller, which are your preferred ribs. And then it's like, what? go ahead.
3: Pork baby back. About like a million. Pork
4: baby back. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm it. a pork ribs guy. Okay, there were a lot of people in this crowd last night who, uh, I guess like us, were Jewish and are observant or whatever. They'll do the pork thing. So there was a lot of uh, the pork competitors were a little surprised because there was a lot of left over, and apparently a lot in the crowd just went for the beef ribs and to me the beef ribs they weren't in order to serve a proper beef rib it's got to be those brontosaurus things and they. Yeah, there's not enough to go around for everybody yeah. so they were like peeling it off the bones and then slicing it up and it's just more like loses the back yeah. yeah and it wasn't really barbecue for me you know i it was a toss-up our old friends from uh a cut above butcher shop nice. uh, jeff was there and he did job. a proper uh, St. Louis rib that had just like the perfect amount of smoke ring and smoke flavor. And, um, and it didn't fall off the bone. I hate when it's too moist and it just drops off the bone. I like yeah. when it has a little bit of resistance, especially yeah. when you don't have a plate underneath it and it just goes to the floor you know, <laughs> on your shoes. To me, he, he did the best rendition of what a barbecue rib should be. And he yeah. got my, uh, nod. But once again, the local hometown favorite, uh, Mr. Lee's, and he was at that, uh, Barbecue competition at the Fort Lauderdale Visit Lauderdale Festival. And you, so, I don't know if you range. remember him, Luby. He was inside and he served it with his famous cornbread and his cornbread. Yeah, was good. great. Oh my god! But last night he was doing some baby backs and they were a little too tender for me and uh, I didn't. Uh, but I they were good. But they ended up winning uh, a second straight belt up there. So congratulations to Mister Lee's. But it was good to see Jeff from uh, Cut Above and. Unfortunately, he had an unfortunate event. He he told me last week he was like. All out of sorts, he 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 said a anvil dropped on his head. And I was like, "What well, were you in a Bugs Bunny cartoon?" He, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Devil? he was in the how, kitchen. How, how, how serious was his bookie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he I had know, a worse playoff from
0: than I
4: dropped the anvil on your head.
0: <laughs> My God.
4: He had to go to the hospital and get staples. Oh, you know, geez. like a, they had to stitch up his head. An an anvil? How,
0: how is an anvil hovering
4: over your head? I think that's what he said. I. I yeah. It was a very. I didn't get into all the details. All I know. Who's was hanging these, anvils in their house? it was in the Is kitchen anvil, no? a real thing i like yeah. have anvils I, I don't i don't know why they well, would be that was be an a bugs bunny thing around yeah it yeah. sounds like bugs bunny but something uh, out of the three Stooges. speedy exactly. recovery but know, it was a are great they event. doing are
0: they doing the tennis uh, one again cuz I, I would like to go to that and i, I think we uh, should go that I, yeah no i will
4: i will get in touch with evan yeah. um he did that not mention it last night but again if you go to redmeatloversclub.com uh then we could see their full upcoming events. They usually do it. I hope they're going to do it again because that right. was fun last year. So All That's right. We it. got to uh, get into the Pegasus. Here. Yeah, it's, no, we, we got, got a lot of things, things to do. Yeah, first yeah. of all, you know, I've got, uh, I'm like a kid in a candy store because I got so many gambling options on the table this weekend. Like tonight, I've got to choose between two different poker tournaments. I might go up to, uh, the aisle or the Pompano or Harris, whatever they're calling it, because Harrison. they have a, they have a multi-day tournament going on. It's like $150 buy-in for $100,000. Oh. But it's one of those things where day two, if I make it to day two, it's on Sunday. And Sunday, I was hoping to maybe take a shot at the, uh, national handicapping, uh, tournament the, at uh High you Liga. should enter that
0: you you, you might do well
4: enough. well the thing the problem though is right now i'm waiting for like all these checks like and nobody was around you know that that when you want to get the check and i right. have not seen things in the mail so if these checks don't come through in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours i might be just sitting home alone playing solo pickleball on the couch so
0: yeah that's not that could be me as well i mean uh, unfortunately <laughs> but uh Nonetheless, um, uh, you know that, that's the way it goes. Uh, well, I mean, uh, if and, you if you ante up the nickel and get in there, uh, good luck uh, But then the other out. thing
4: is those Sunday cards at uh, Aqueduct, and you know it's a lot of these maiden claiming races, a lot of claiming races, and a lot of Philly races. And I don't have luck with the Phillies or the maidens, so um, uh, not maiden claimings anyway. So I don't All know right. what to do. And uh, it's intriguing though because it's something. It would be something different. It looks great because you got to do these twenty dollars minimum. If you win. Wow. Yeah, minimum $20 win place show bets and you have to make at least 10 of them and it's only at Aqueduct and Gulfstream any race all day, minimum 10 bets, minimum $20. But of course, you could swing for the fences and take your whole $300 bankroll and just put 300 in the win on a horse that you like and then race out to the lead and then make and That's often the solution day. for winning those tournaments. Yeah, um so yeah, just, just to connect on it. some
0: uh, $28 horse with your whole bankroll and then yeah, and watch just everybody sit on just it stagger it around looking you, for second place. Yeah,
4: yeah trying to get you. But um, so I don't know. That's all exciting. And then we've got Gulfstream today, at the lunchbox out there today. And I'm very uh... – oh, by the way, Deef, I heard you talking about the uh, eighty, you know, for Brady movie. And uh, Oh, yeah. Did you hear there's another version coming out? Uh, it's called 70 for Sonny, and it's about you at <laughs> Gulfstream today rooting on Sonny Leon in the first race on a 30-to-1 shot. Uh, I think uh, we might have to play that one. NeoGen, 20-to-1 hey. on the morning line with Sonny Leon in a wide-open maiden You, you know maiden we won't claiming, do it,
0: and then we'll be turning around while you're you know the show's on going, oh, look at that. That's a three. Seven-and-a-half and uh,
4: furlongs on the turf with a 12-horse field for maiden-claiming fillies. Uh, with Sonny Leone on a twenty to one shot, I say seventy for Sunny. That's you. Send it in, okay. Yeah, so that's, uh, we'll I was see. gonna bet a bunch of chalk in the Aqueduct uh, early pick five, and then hope
0: that I hit my all race, you know, with a bomb, uh, with like a twenty dollar ticket, and then get out of
4: there. I'll bring my Milk of Magnesia bottle for you. You could just put it all over your... The,
0: Yo, the, no, this is going to be ugly if it, it comes in. Yeah. It's likely to pay less than the ticket.
4: Hey, two more <laughs> quick things, because yeah. I know we got to run, and it's a, a jam-packed day, and it's going to be a beautiful day at Gulfstream today and tomorrow for the Pegasus. Um, uh, before I give my Pegasus picks, which I still have a monicum of, I guess... Uh, respect to self-respect i think i know a little bit about horse handicapping and i'm doing okay with it this year uh, as opposed to the nfl playoffs but i'm going to give you my double bailout special and okay. this is the over two and, and i'm a little bit now have filled with self-doubt mainly (laughs) why should i be at one and nine so far in this playoff season well you do and 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 (laughs) i'm getting away from when i heard that clip again i was like why am i getting away from that i should the the food angle is pretty simple it should be san francisco and kansas city right that's that's like a no-brainer so of course and that would be the anti-mike mayo the reverse mayo picks this week Mm -hmm. because i am just double-fisted on Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Oh, no. I say I'm going to do a two-team parlay. I'm going to do a two-way teaser, just Philly and Cincinnati. I and I love, I, I love what Anthony Bruno boiled it down to yesterday, which is just the uh, that that Philadelphia is abused quarterback, 75 sacks this year, and Purdy, you know, on the road, first time you know a road playoff game for a for a guy who's a you know a third string rookie, seventh round draft pick, and. uh He's in for a rude awakening. Look, I love it. it. Yeah. The, the, yeah.
3: All the rationale and logic is for sure on those picks. But I feel more confident now in my picks than ever. Ever before,
7: yeah, with mayo. We'll do, do a
4: heads yes. up. Uh, let's let's do a little heads up $50 action on those uh, those games. Um, uh, you know, they still yeah.
0: that lunch at the fish shack.
4: Uh, you know, coming <laughs> go up, go back to uh, I got the Pegasus. We got to run here, Mike. Mayo. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we got to run. But uh, yeah. no, I had one line about Purdy, though. You know, remember in Raging Bull when uh, you know, his, his wife, uh, Jake's wife, talked about oh, that other guy, he's handsome, he's good looking, and then yeah. he just man, his yeah, and he turned and he's. Uh, I think that's going to happen with the Eagles tomorrow. They're going to turn at the end of the game and says he ain't purdy no more.
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I hope the kid plays a good game, actually. I, I just think Philadelphia is a
0: little bit better team. All right, overall. so uh, Pegasus, 4-5. Yep.
4: That's your box right there, four, 45. Uh, white Abario. White Abario. And, uh, white abario, and, and defunded it? for uh, cheating. Bastard Bob Baffert is going to come in and probably take all the money Four or five box. I'm going to play a little bit using the logical uh, cyber knife, but I think uh, he might be past his peak. And uh, I'm going to go against him, especially if he's the favorite. I'm going to give everybody out a a long shot now. Number Uh 11 to use to fill out your exotics and uh, hit the board and hopefully key some nice trifectas and superfectors. Number 11 with Mike Smith riding. That would be the uh, stiletto boy. And the reason I like him coming in from the West Coast, uh, trainer Ed Mojer, is because his breeding, Shackelford, is his sire. Shackelford absolutely loved re- uh, running and winning at Gulfstream Park. So I kind of like sometimes going with the sire angle. So uh, I'm going to use a four-five over the 4 10, 11 in uh, exotics at Gulfstream Park. And good luck to everybody.
0: All right. Well done. I mean, you, you can see a little depth of research there, the kind of stuff that might win you that contest at Hylia uh, Park. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see you out there in just a couple of hours. Gulfstream Park. Uh, always fun. I, I like the prelude days to big stakes days also, like Oaks Day yeah. at the uh, Kentucky Derby's is always, uh, you know, spectacular. And, you know, there's always a little bit more of a vibe out there because you have all the people coming in from out of town for the Pegasus. So they're all hanging at the track today. So uh, should be a nice uh, day out there, and uh, looking forward to it. Now, now is there something uh, involving oysters or seafood uh, with Joe? Because uh, you told me to bring the uh, in the out there. Oh, oh no,
4: oysters. that was just after all my rib eating last night. Oh, oh, my nose oh, okay. started to throb as I was walking back to the. Is party. that oh, right? Oh, Salt nice. it's freaking uh, barbecue. You- yeah, but uh, I, actually it subsided. I woke this, this oh, morning okay. inflammation and pain-free, so you could leave the indomethacin at home, right. and I'll just start guzzling beer. squeezing, <laughs> uh, squeezing a walk of life in between the sessions.
0: All right, uh, uh, Mike no Mayo, the uh, no Gambling shot. Gourmet. He said no
3: gentlemen. shot. <laughs> All
0: right, we'll see you uh, out there at 12 o'clock, Gulfstream Park and he right said. here on uh, South Florida Live. A great week of uh, shows. Had a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed them. And uh, we have a Believe podcast uh, later on today with Mike Golick. Yes. Uh, giving us his opinion action. on that. Yeah, a yeah, a lot of football conversation on there. Uh, first, uh, you know, a few minutes or so, he's talking about park rinds. So it was the uh, obligation that we had to uh, mention that. I don't know if he was going to do like 20 minutes on it, but, uh, but nonetheless, a really good guy and, and with some, uh, interesting analysis on the uh, two games coming up over the weekend. So, uh, if you're looking for more of that, Mike Golick of uh, Mike and Mike fame and, uh, still broadcasting uh, games on Westwood One. And, uh, it really did a nice job of uh, breaking down uh, hey, some yeah. of the uh, things. Terms of uh, a different approach to uh, analyzing the games. We've had a lot of different people on that we respect, and uh, we still have no idea what the hell we're doing, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Alright, so we'll see you at 12 o'clock as we leave you know that. The time. It's nine let Let's go to eat a damn snack. Look what
1: they've done to my show.